Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, dear listener. Thank you so much for downloading this Ian and Catherine podcast from the archive. If you like what you hear and you want to get a more up-to-date edition of the show, why not head to www.patreon.com slash Ian and Catherine. That's www.patreon.com slash Ian and Catherine. And there you'll find a paywall package to suit your pocket. There's loads and loads of content on there. We've been doing this for a while, so we can guarantee you maximum bang for your book. Or punch for your pound. Or yeet for your your... I know, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. That's my fault. I can only I can only say um, to you that is my fault. Welcome. I need to do a new tweet. I need to do a new tweet. Uh, we we are actually live now. Family issues. Here we go. Let's get her in. Here she comes. Here she comes. Here comes my queen. Um, thank you. That should have been... Um, hello, Catherine Boyle. Hello. Just say, just say hello again so I can see if they can hear you. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, they can hear you and they got a lovely echo on you. Now they're gonna... No. There we go. Now we can see you. I need to get rid of uh, what I call on here, ask Cam, I think... That's that gone. I need to um, screen to... I really apologise, everyone. Actually, I don't apologise. Well, I do apologise because I'm well-mannered. Um, but things outside of my um, technical remit... Um, hang on a minute, guys. Hang on a minute. Transform. Fit to screen. There we go. We're in. We're in. Um, you spelt your wrong, Charlie. Uh, that's a timeout for you. Look, who's that in the background, Catherine? Yelko. Is he? You, is he? We need you in a minute. Don't come in just yet, but is he? You better be ready. It's really sorry, everybody. Um, uh, I was looking after the kids and their mum picked them up. I, I misjudged the time. I said, you've got to be back by six. 
but just after six and the traffic was terrible. And then, Catherine, then I saw a petrol station without any queue and the green pumps, the unleaded pumps, the two and four star pumps were not locked. All of the diesel was locked, but the green was not locked. And I thought, I've only used a quarter of a tank, but I don't know how this is going to go. I'm going to fill up. I'm going to fill up. So uh, that's so th I'm late because of kids and traffic and petrol. Um, Catherine is not here. Why are you not here, Catherine? Walk on. You're diesel lady. Diesel. Yeah. Oh, Catherine is muted, right? But you should be able to... Oh, because we're on a different shot. Just say hello, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. There we go. She's back. So, Catherine, just tell us why you're not here, please, Catherine Boyle. Because I'm a diesel person and um, I have about... I've got about 80 miles worth and heaven knows how long this may last. Although, I'm thinking after the stream, I might have a little drive down to the 24-hour. Uh, I was worried. Uh, it may not be as worse, as bad as I thought. I remember the great petrol... Um, drought of it was like 2000 2001 yeah I remember that um, Charlie says this is stupid everyone is panic buying I don't think it is panic buying people are entitled to be concerned that they won't have petrol to get to work to um, take the kids to school to go to college to whatever people are entitled to be concerned and we know there's an, a problem with um, uh, fuel. We know there's a problem with fuel because all the gas prices are going up. Um, we know there's a problem with drivers because of Brexit. And the Prime Minister has said, don't panic. So, of course, we're going to panic by when he says that. And the front page of The Sun is, we are out of petrol. So, um, so I, I really get angry with this blaming us. But also, not it. everyone is lucky enough to be able to work from home, OK? So I'm trying to avoid getting in the queues, even though I could do with filling up. Because uh, I don't want to add to the visual spectacle that me means that people go, ah, oh, shy, I should uh, fill up as well. So, you know, not everyone gets to make that choice. Some people have got to go to work. Don't blame us. Um, blame the government and blame um, the... Uh, I did say, you're actually right, Paul. Paul has called me out. The other day I said I didn't think it was anything to do with Brexit. There is a worldwide gas shortage. Um, and but the the problem is significantly worse here because we haven't got the drivers because of Brexit. So yes, you're right. Thank you for calling me that out on that because um, I, I did say that the other day. You cannot. Well, you can blame blame me and Catherine and people filling up. But 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 I am filled but, up. So blame him. So blame me. But it's not. No, it's it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong to blame us. We. It really is wrong to blame us. It is the government and it is the press. Um, so, oh God, yeah. those front pages this morning. What are people supposed? What did they think was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> what did they think was going to happen? Also, while we're all pointing the finger at each other, the people who should have sorted it out are getting away with it. So let's not be distracted by that little thing. Why the hell was Julia Hartley Brewer tweeting? Well, this is going well today. Why? What? She knows. She knows. Wait, you actually panic buy? Oh no, no, I don't panic buy, Charlie. I buy. I buy. I buy petrol. Um, because I had to drive um, about an hour away to get see my kids and then I had to drive an hour back and I have to go to college on Thursday, which is two hours away and I'm hoping to get my kids next week 
um, which again is those drives, and I'm hoping to take them out somewhere. And I am nervous that there won't be any petrol. Charlie, I don't know how old you are, but I was saying I remember the petrol shortage of 20 years ago, and it was really shit. It mm. was really shit. It went on for, I don't know, four, five, six weeks, and it was shit. And the military got involved, and you had to have a permit to um, buy petrol. You had to be a doc. You got petrol because you were a journalist, Catherine. Yeah, I had a pass. You had a petrol pass. So, no, I don't panic buy it. I buy petrol and I'm concerned that I won't be able to get to college and that will count as a black mark against me. Um, that will count as, a, as, a mar- as, as an absence because they won't, you know, I live two hours away from it. That will count as an absence. And I'm worried that I won't be able to see my kids. I already can't go. My kids are going to Liquid Leisure tomorrow, Catherine, and oh. for someone's party. And they've asked for parents to get involved. And I was like, oh, I'll do that. Oh, hang on. We might not have any petrol. So, no, I don't panic. Buy. I buy. I don't think in terms of petrol, there is such a thing as panic buying. I think people are buying and it really gets me angry that they're turning it on us. No, be angry with Farage, be angry with Hartley Brewer, be angry with Johnson and Gove and May and um, Cameron and Corbyn and all of those people that allowed, uh, who, who at the very least allowed but the others who actively encouraged and sought Brexit. This yeah. is Brexit. This is Brexit. I was in Tesco today and the, the, the number of shelves empty are growing. And it started off, it was funny because it was like, all right, it's bottles of Coke and, and like weird stuff. Now it's getting more and more stuff that you might actually consider using on a daily basis. So empty shelves and um, petrol shortages. Thanks, Boris Johnson. Thanks for that. At least we've got control of, of, of this. Blue passports, except they're not quite blue. It's hard, says Pete, not to be a bit angry of the people who didn't learn anything from the pointless panic buying last year, though. I, well, that's your thing. I think this is different. I really think this is different. You know, if, if you are told by the prime minister who is an idiot, do not panic buy, you're going to go out and buy. I, I hate the term panic buy. I hate the term ba- panic buy. Listen, if, if people, and, and I'll tell you why it's different from toilet rolls. Because you would go in Tesco and you would see people with, with trolleys filled with toilet rolls, right? And buying loads and they had to put a limit on what you could buy. That is panic buying. Filling your car up, that's not panic. You know, unless you're going there and you've got 20 little jerry cans with you that you're doing as well. That is not panic buying if you are dependent on your car for whatever reason and the threat that you may not be able to get petrol that is not panic buying that is buying twisty's in the house evening twisty that is buying you know i okay i I filled up on the way back i didn't need to i was a quarter down i didn't need to is that panic buying would you consider that panic buying i consider that buying you know I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really pissed off with it being turned on us. No. But that's been the playbook from, from quite a, a while now, isn't it? We're yeah. all fighting over Brexit. We're all fighting over that. Yeah. Meanwhile, what was going on? What was going on above? What was going on above? It's their fault. It's their fault. It's not our fault that we want to be able to get to work and we want to um, be able to go to college and see our families. That's not our fault. It's their fault. Yeah. Um, you know, 
Lance is right though in the chat saying hard to stay cheerful at the moment. It really is. It seems like it's just one thing after another. It's kind of relentless. Charlie says yes, but people are buying petrol from stations that are not at a shortage. Tesco and Asda are not at a shortage. SO and BP are at a shortage. If this continues, they will be. But, but that's not true. But that's but not true. I went not to true? I went to a different station today. Not none of the ones that you've named. No diesel. Yeah. So then, of course, people are going to the other pe petrol stations, the ones that they hear but might of have Of course, it. they will go. This is it. You hear there is petrol. Do you, Charlie, how old are you? How old are you? Were you a functioning adult during the last petrol crisis? Because we were. And it was shit. It was shit. The country didn't quite get to a standstill, but it got bloody close to it. The army was, the army we're doing, um, we're driving petrol tankers, and you had to show your papers to get petrol. You had to be a doctor, a nurse, a journalist. God knows how you wangled that one. A copper. Because or we need to keep the people informed. You see. Yes, you weren't. <laughs> you weren't. I, I blocked someone today who was a follower of me, who said, "Yeah, any idiot that actually believes the media um, will deserves to be out panic buying." Block. Block. Block, block. All right. Block. Okay. Where do they get their news from then? YouTube? Um, always new depths. I worked in a petrol station in the last crisis. Crazy days of queues and limiting how much people could have. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was shit. And, and I, I, I mean, you can if you want. But I think driving is different to wiping your ass and filling up is diff when there is a potential that you may not be able to get to work on Tuesday or go to college on Thursday. That's why I filled up. Yeah. Filling up is different from filling a trolley with 25 packs of bog roll. When you could just have a flannel. There is no alternative for shower, fuel. Shower, isn't it? Shower up there. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping the fact that I did get some petrol today means it's, it, it, hopefully it will, it will not be as bad as I was perhaps predicting. Um, and it will be all right. How are you doing, Boyley? Nice to see you. I am all right. I have got... Um... I can smell you. You smell wonderful. You made oh, an effort. I have, actually. I had a shower and everything. I thought yeah. that you'd be able to tell somehow, um, <sighs> and, and certain, you certainly can. Yeah, we're all right. It's all very chilled here. I am child-free this weekend, except I'm not, because it is Littlin's 10th birthday tomorrow, so it's all back here for Mum's movie night, and she's invited some friends around, so... I've got that to think about tomorrow. And I'm going to walk to the supermarket because if it was anything like it was this after oh, it's your this afternoon, the whole of the centre of town was snarled up because of the way, the unique way they've built the um, parking <laughs> for that particular supermarket means that it's right next to the main roundabout in town. So if you start queuing out of the entrance to the supermarket, as people were for petrol, yeah. the whole centre of town gets snarled up. So I'll be walking to the supermarket in the morning to try and get a birthday cake. Dave says, I tried filling a trolley with petrol. It went everywhere. That's <laughs> panic buying. That's, that is um, panic buying. This is her. I've got her present here. Um, we've got, you've got a package from a listener, from a viewer. Oh. Would you like to save it or do you want to open it now? It's a big one. A big one, you say? Stay there. It's a, it's a, it's a big one. Where did I put it? Here it is. Oh, this is now, exciting. I, I mean, what am I going to say? I can't. from the book depository, unless someone has repurposed this. Um, 
Oh, we'll we'll do the cat and the Amazon thing in a minute because that that was flipping. And you may have missed that. That was flipping brilliant. Oh yes, I've got the so. I've kept the card because I'm going to frame it. <laughs> Basically, the Amazon person left me a card to say that they left the parcel on a chair because the cat was sitting in front of the shed and they didn't want to bother it. <laughs> No. In other words, they were scared of my cat. <laughs> we do not know who this is from. So if you are, if this is from you, make yourself known. Oh. Wow. What is this? That's a book. What book is it? 70 Style and Design. Oh, I love. Who got me that? Look at that cat. That was, that's velvet. Oh, look. Look at that, man. Nice, thank you to everybody. Who was that. this? Who got this? I don't think there's a name. Let me just... How funny. Double and triple check. No name, no name, no pack. Wow, I got a check for 75 pounds. Wow, dude. What? Oh, there's a check for 75 pounds, look. But I have to get naked for it. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So my prices have gone up. Have you got the Amazon note to hand? Uh, I can get it. Because it's it's this is this is one moment, art. please. <laughs> you have to frame it. That is a top tier coffee book. It really. Hey, Vix, Vix is here. I was chatting to Vix two days ago. Was it on Sinjin's stream? Maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember. I watched quite a bit of Twitch yesterday. I watched the computer game show, guys. I watched a little bit of no, Sketty. Were you tomorrow? Were you yesterday, yeah. Sketty? I watched a little yeah. bit of um, Dave. It was a couple of nights ago, was St. Jim. Okay. We're going to watch some Planet of Green in a little bit. Can we yes. get a shout out? Can we get a shout out for Vix's channel? Let's get a shout out for everybody in this room that's got their own <laughs> channel. Let's get a shout out. Read the show this. This is great, man. This is beautiful. This is an actual Amazon delivery note. Ginger Ninja, lovely to see you. We'll put what we're doing in the minute. We are going to watch some Paddington Green, um, but we will put the link for the Zoom in if you want to come and join us in the Zoom, because obviously there's certain limitations as to what Catherine is able to hear from here. Oh, and Catherine, you've got, the, you've got that light going again. I know, look it. Thank you, Bitter Toad. Go on, so let's have, a, let's have this um, note from the Amazon, dude. It's wonderful. Sorry we missed you. Where is your parcel now? Left on a chair as cat is guarding shed. Guarding, mind. Guarding, guarding shed. <laughs> so didn't want to bother it. <laughs> I mean, she I has got that face. She has got one of those faces that say, I wouldn't. So they didn't. Uh, but I thought that was lovely. That, that actually made me laugh a lot yesterday. That and, is uh, delightful. Yeah, it's um, good, isn't it? It wasn't this cat. These cats are going to be massive, though, one day. So Jeez. I will have a whole, like, a horde of scary cats. Except these are soft. I'm on. I've got some new drugs. Oh. I can't see. It's called Elvance. Elvance. This is Elvance. 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 David is here. Elvance. It's called Elvance. It's an ADHD drug. Uh-huh. And it's a private prescription. You, you, um, a doctor. Hey, my sister's here. Hello, Joe. Thank you for our presence. Hey, Joe. A doctor, an NHS doctor will not prescribe you ADHD drugs. But what, there are some loopholes and there is the phrase, a postcode lottery is the thing. So if you go privately um, and you, you follow a certain order of drugs. We tried this one, Zagatin, then we tried this one, Elvans, and then dum, 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 dum. If you can show that 
and you have a good um, uh, county and you have a willing doctor, then you might get it on the NHS. So this is private. And I've had private prescriptions before, 16 quid. So I was very surprised when the lady said, that's 88 pounds. <laughs> 88 pounds um, for a drug that may not do anything. I have taken one. And? I don't like it, mommy. I don't like it. I'm sweating like a pig. Mm. Um, I don't like it, mommy. I don't like it. It's felt, so I took it about three when I was off to get my kids. I thought, okay, well, let's see, let's see where this goes. And it has, um, Gatford says, my advice, move to Kent. They dole out ADHD meds like sweets. I think my doctor might be all right because some doctors you say, oh, I'd like to get referred for ADHD diagnosis. No. And my doctor was great. She went, okay, well, we'll start the um, process. But I went private in the end. So I took it at three. At, no, I took it at two. Got to Windsor at three. Didn't have to pick up the boys for an hour. So I sat and read. <laughs> I had a coffee and a sandwich and I read. Except I'm reading and I'm also going on Twitter and I'm also checking my... I'm like super ADHD guy, right? Oh. And That's not the idea, right? No. It's not supposed to boost it. And the whole afternoon, here by Fanny's feet, yeah, I, 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 I don't think my kids are watching, so I can speak freely. If you've ever taken ecstasy, right, you take it and 25, 35 minutes into it, you get this bubbling here. You think, oh, ho, ho, here we go. And then what that does in that drug is it kind of fills your whole body with warmth and love and your eyes go a bit like that and you're like, yes, man. But it starts off with that excitement there. And all day I've had that excitement there. I've had that excitement. And I'm sweating and my eyes are a little bit... And, I mean, I'm fizzing with ideas. I was texting you ideas for the bands that we are starting. Fizzing with ideas. But it, it doesn't have the, the focus... Uh, David Turner's, oh, no, we gave you the super ADHD pills. They meant for Dr. Farley. Um, yeah. It... it um, it, it is not giving me the focus that I want. In fact, it's giving me the focus, but on 50,000 different things at the same time. Ooh. I feel powerful. I feel superhuman. I was, well, I got home and my youngest said, I want to sell the old Xbox because we don't use it. I said, okay, they haven't used the Xbox one for ages. And so we had to update it and the updaters crashed it, right? It just now you turn it on and you get a blank screen. And so I was there trying to fix that, but also doing something else. Also, I don't like it, mommy. I posted on an ADHD forum. Anyone else finding this drug? Anyone else taking this drug and finding it reminiscent of coming up on E? And a few people said, yes, um, it is. But they said, but it, it, it gets better. Okay. After three or four days, you get it gets better. So I'm going to take it tomorrow. I am not going to take it Sunday or Monday because I have my first client on Monday and I don't want to be like that. So I'm going to take some tomorrow. But it is, uh, I don't like it, mummy. It makes me really, it, when I was up and it isn't coming, it, it, it's like the coming up, I'm speaking in drug language, guys. The coming up is like ecstasy, but you don't reach ecstasy. It's just that, that excited, oh, it's going to go any minute now and it doesn't. Um, uh, and I totally lost the thread of what I was going to say. Um, it's bloody horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I don't like it. 
Oh. I don't like it, mummy. I don't like it. I don't well, like so, it. As they say, it's only day one. And if they say it might get better and you don't have to take it every day, then I take it if you're not. If you're not. No, it's not accumulative, which is why I'm surprised by someone saying it gets better. How does it get better? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I don't like it, but I'm prepared to, to, I'm prepared to do it for a week, 10 days, and then get in touch with the psych and go, mm, mm, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm. And it is, it is, here we go. Liz, so it's Elvans, Liz Dexamphetamine. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's, it's. Um, it's, it's it's reminiscent of my past, not reminiscent enough that I'm going, hmm, I'd like to go and get... It's not that. It's, and that's not the problem I have with it, is the reminiscence. I just don't like the physical mm-hmm. feeling of it. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, and I'm sweating so much. In fact, I'm going to go open the back door because it's bloody hot. Not a euphemism, guys. There was a piece of fluff in the shape of a tiny dead mouse. Nice. Good little news. Bleep, little bonus there. Exciting news. It's, today is a really important day. And a lot of people will get this. Today is the first day of a new bag. <gasps> first day of a new bag. So I was I cleared out the old bag, pulled out everything, threw a load of it in the bin, and the old bag is now in the bin. It's the first day of a brand new bag. And I swear... To Jesus, I will never put stuff in this bag that I don't need and keep it in there for two years. I will never do that. I swear I will only put stuff in this bag that I need when I need it. And when I get home, I'll take it out and replace it with other stuff that I need. Narrator's I voice. Of course he put things in his bag. <laughs> it's, um, I've, so I've only had it today and, and I've kept to that promise so far. But we, we all know that new bags, that's the promise you keep. This will, this will be it. Um, but... Within, I've got to go to college. It'll be full of crap. Yeah. It'll be full of crap. But it's a new bag day, so that's that's kind of exciting. Right? It is exciting. It's like starting school. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back. Have you got a new pad and a new pen? Um, I do need to get a new pad for. Um, how many times have you listened to James Brown today? I haven't listened to James Brown at all, but I have played on repeat fifteen times the Cannon and Ball song, huh. and there was a great song called um oh it's such a good song vaping on your lunch break no no it's an even it's um uh this came up what this came up on my um it's by the monroes now i don't know what who the monroes are right i've heard of them um but this is a great i love songs with clunky verses and great choruses listen to this you can hear this right catherine Mm -hmm. here we go listen to this But then, like, let's jump to the, the chorus. It's incredible. Here we go. Here we go. How those new drugs going? 
What do all the people know? Oh. It's such a great song, man. It's such the drugs are doing great, by the way. <laughs> it's a great song. So I've listened to that 18 times, Cannonball 15 times. Um, you know, I'm starting, you know, I started a band, dear viewer, with uh, me on guitar, my friend Matt on the old Bing Bang Bong box, and an accordion, lovely woman on an accordion, and a guy called Ben on uh, bass. Gloria is the accordionist. I don't know why I didn't say her name. Um, and it's we wanted to, I wanted to play Ra Ra Rasputin and Road to Nowhere. And they came round my house and we played Ra Ra Rasputin, Road to Nowhere and um, the, the, the Partridge Family song, I Think I Love You. Uh-huh. And it sounded great, apart from one thing. I realised, I, I accepted, I knew previously but i accepted that i can't sing oh you can it's just in your own special way <laughs> i can't sing and so i i i made a point the next day i phoned up Catherine. and said Catherine, i can't sing would you be the singer in my band please and you're in the band now hey <laughs> would i ever you're in the band we um so we're gonna have a did you you've not replied to my um rehearsal dates oh is there an I email did send, did send you an email um so well, as a lead in, singer, I have to be a total a-hole and Catherine unreliable. Catherine's in the band, and we're going to hopefully do some shows over Christmas. There's talk of one on the 14th of November, but I don't quite know if that's happening or not. And there's talk of a Christmas show. Yeah. Um, and the band, we're going to get five songs up, and the band is either going to be the support or the closer. That's what we're going to do. I don't quite know where it would work the best. I think maybe as the closer, actually. Um, the band is going to be... Gapford says, I give it three months before Kath goes solo. <laughs> um, the band is going to be the support or the closer, and it sounds great. And the other two songs are going to be, um, what's that song? Try to see it my way. What's that song? We can we, work it we out. We can work it out, but the Paul McCartney unplugged version. And I reckon we can do Cannon and Ball. I reckon we can do that. <laughs> I reckon we can do that. It's a great sound, acoustic guitar. Accordion, bass, very, you know, that kind of drumming. And Kath, stop calling Gatford and Jim Pete, says um, Gar uh, Pete, sorry, Jim. <laughs> um, Kath and the Banford. <laughs> so that's happening, baby. I'm excited about that. That is quite exciting, isn't it? little grin. She said, yeah. Are you sure you want me in your band? I said, yeah, of course I do. And then I went, oh, I'll have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, go on then. <laughs> So that is happening, man. And I'm very, very excited um, about that. So um, let's, should we invite some people in here? We're going to watch. Here's the um, link if you want to come and join us in the Zoom. Um, we're going to watch some Paddington Green. It's going to be a little bit fiddly because um, <coughs> cause Kath's cough. Wake up, uh, great wake name up, for a wake up. She's too cute. You know when they're asleep and you... Pick her up. Michael oh, is slipper treat. Oh, it's not a bad idea, is it? You guys are around the wrong way. Uh, I think I can fix that. There we go. Is that better? Does that work better for you? Wake up, little cat. Oh. So Wake up. Wake up, please. Um, I saw the picture of the cats waiting by the, the for the Greek fisherman. I have <laughs> seen that in real life. I have yeah. seen that in real life. <laughs> David! In Greece or in your house. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Dave, how are you doing? 
I'm good, thank you. How are you both? I, I, I was watching your stream. I, I'm a bit confused with time. I think it was yesterday. Last night? Yeah, and the, all, I, I watched about 10 minutes, and it seemed to be 10 minutes of a, a, a gentleman eating fish and chips and going, oh, look at this batter. Oh, this batter just comes off. And then a, then a guy came over to him. He's going, yeah, I'm eating fish and chips. I want this. And it, all he was, he kept going, look at this batter. Look at this white fish. And he was sat, uh, sat outside a chippy. What the hell was that? But that guy's got like millions of YouTube subscribers. Wow. It's crazy. So it's a guy called Rate My Takeaway. And the thing that really that drew us to him is that he takes his own table with him. Oh, okay. own table and chair. <laughs> so, and this was pre-COVID as well. He, he just has his own camping table and he goes in and says, do you want to take away or eat it? He said, no, I'm going to sit outside. And he just puts his own camping table outside. The best one, though, was the first night we were watching him. There's this um, cafe he goes to and there's always a picnic benches outside. So I'm thinking, oh, he's going to sit there. That's fine. So, yeah, he puts his stuff on the picnic bench so that he can go to his car and get his own table out and sits it next to what? the benches of the cafe and just sits there. And more often than not, he's in everyone's way. People are walking around there. It's, it's crazy. It, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's, so, there's so much that strikes me as odd that it's got millions of views because to get millions of views now, you tend to be, have to be sort of under 25 and do something pranky um, and it has to be very quick cuts. Very quick. Every time there's a silence, you cut. Oh, and that I, isn't. You, you sat there fifteen minutes waiting for his food to arrive. Oh, do you? You don't wait. You don't wait for the food in real time. And and the drive there. It starts like when he's outside the city, and it's uh, ten minutes of him driving there. We often skip it, and then he's sat there waiting for it, just chatting. I'm like, you can cut this bit out. You don't have yeah. to show it in real time. That's incredible, man. Wow. I don't. I don't get it. Evening, Alistair. Alistair looks like my boy, my youngest, is watching. They're reading at school The Demon Headmaster. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're watching the remake of The Demon Headmaster. And I just, Alistair with his glasses up, looks like that. Come come here, boy. Look into my eyes. He's got got the Demon Headmaster just before. So don't look into his eyes. Um, um, uh, Every now and then, I will say something about my career. And most of the time, my boys are like, yeah, whatever. And every now and then, they go, wait, what? Really? And today I said to them, you know, I auditioned for that part. What part? The demon headmaster. What? 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 To be in it? Yeah. As who? The demon headmaster. Whoa, really? I said, yeah, I didn't get it. It was crap, but I auditioned. And then the, the scene they show, I watched was actually the script that I did in the audition. And my boys were blown away by that. The audition for the remake of it? The audition for the remake of it. Wow. My boys are even excited by my failures. <laughs> It's very exciting. They were thrilled by that. So I was, um, uh, I was, I was cool for a little bit after buggering up their Xbox and breaking it. I was cool again. So Alistair, you look like Kim. Good evening, Alistair. Are you well? Evening. Um, can I reference back something Catherine said? One. Um, I'm hiding from the cat. <laughs> oh my God! Why? went out yesterday and she was sat on my garden fence. And before I've gone out and helped her down, and there's been no issue. But last night, she suddenly turned from a, well, the sound of a cat into a snake. And went, you know, the old, 
<laughs> if you touch me, I'm going to destroy you. Yes. Noise. We've all been there. We've, we've all been there. Some of us have what, been close. What's going on, Ian, please? Can you explain that reaction? Um, what, what were, you in, were you Were you interrupting something? Well, maybe she was had her eye on something in the back garden that mm. she was tracking, but Did you I couldn't touch see anything. Her? Did you touch her? Cause, because Big Boy is great. I can stroke him. I can be a little bit rough with him. I can pull bits out of him. If I touch his stomach, whoom, he goes and he grabs mm. me. Did you touch her? Well, because the, the, the fence is a bit, bit higher than me, so I would grab her by the undercarriage a bit. Okay. To bring her okay. down, and I have done that. So maybe she was thinking, "Don't touch me," because I don't want to touch wanna... me, a cat fanny. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. Uh, maybe, maybe it's that, but also you have to remember, cats are wild animals. Mm. You know, you can domesticate mm. them to within a certain extent, but there was always that gene in them. You know, George went for me earlier, and I think, I, I, I think again, actually, I was winding up because he, he was getting on my nerves. So I thought I'll wind you up a little bit. Um, so, but they, you know, they can. They can turn, you know. Some of their reactions are involuntary as well because once they get locked on something, so if she was locked on something, anything else oh. is going to trigger. Yeah. I mean, she's not She's not doing it to you. She's just yeah. being a cat. And, um, yeah, once they are in a certain track, you can't get them out of it without something. So like have that. you had that from Willow? Oh, God, yeah. In fact, really? if she comes in, you'll probably hear it because she comes in and she'll swear at the kittens. That's the first thing she'll do. And and Yoshi'll probably Yoshi's down here on the scratcher. There's a scratcher down here. And he'll probably jump on her because he gets trapped. He sees her and thinks, need to play, need to play, need to play, even though it always ends the same way, <laughs> which is being sworn at and rolled around a bit. She doesn't hurt him, but it always goes the same way. But they're all on their little tracks. Mm. Um. And earlier on, I was stroking Willow and the kittens came in. And because she'd seen them and was on her guard, all of a sudden, my hand, she was on my She didn't I... see her claws in me or anything, but she swiped at me as if to say, no, this, this is over. Uh -huh. Bigger boy rocked up. Bigger boy's rocked up a couple of times. Um, and the, the, the first time, of, he's not seen him or him for ages. And then the, the first time I saw him recently, if you listen to Dave, the computer game show podcast episode I'm in, you will hear a massive cat scream and you'll hear me go, Oi! Get, get out of this bloody house! You're not welcome here! All the cats looking at me straight. And then going <laughs> off and kicking the big boy, bigger boy out because bigger boy had got him. And the other time was a couple of nights ago and he was trying to get in and I just, I kind of kicked, oh, and then during David's podcast, or the, the Computer Game Show podcast, there's a bit where I'm talking and I go, Oh my fuck! <laughs> and what it is is big boy jumped on my lap and I thought it was bigger boy and I'm terrified uh, but bigger boy turned up the other day and I, I fed him and I said right now piss off <laughs> that'll teach him that'll teach him um, I, soup. go on let me just have a visionary say, soup alright um, Alistair Hi. sorry visionary um, Alistair just one last thing there's some brilliant videos made by Jackson Galaxy look at him up on um, YouTube and he answers a lot of your cat questions and he'll tell okay. you about cat behaviour and stuff yeah he looks like a knob but he knows his stuff. He looks like a bald. That's cat not very face. nice, Ian. Saying <laughs> no, that about me. All right, Alistair. You, I, I, you, you, all right. I apologise. You look like a penis. <laughs> Visionary soup. It's lovely to see you. Hello. Hi. I have uh, cat text. Oh, hey. Here we, Here we go. Look at Dave. Look at Dave thinking. 
I don't belong in this gang. One of these things is not like the others. Is Daddy. <laughs> oh, look at you. I love the ones with the, the kind of narrow, the faces that narrow in. I love those. She's so gorgeous. She's not mine, but, you know, she's she's very gorgeous. She's, she's very bummer. happy. Look at that. <laughs> she's so bummery. <laughs> Beautiful. He's very sweet. Oh, look, Dave has got a cat on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a rat, isn't it? Alistair, are you saving money because of the um, electricity bills going up? Ah, well, um, not well. Uh, I was lucky because just before the uh, prices start got, started going up, I signed up with uh, a major supplier. For a two-year fixed rate, I don't. I don't think they have to abide by that. I'm afraid. Do they not? No, and that's the problem. I, 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 someone can correct me. I don't think they have to abide by that in extenuating circumstances, which is what really? these are. I think so. I think well, so. Well, I'm going to yeah. be very annoyed, and this there will be further things happen. If, there was a call to Bezik about it before this really kind of kicked off, saying that they'd agreed a, a thing and that, that, that it had gone up. Um, and, yeah, I don't think there are I, – I think there is a, always a clause in the contract that they can they can change that if they want. So oh, well, I did save some petrol today because I was due to go to the seaside. I was due to go to Morecambe to see a friend. But for uh, mental health reasons, I bottled out and didn't go. Um, so why why do you use the term bottled out? Well, I always feel like a bit of a snowflake afterwards. And but you started guilt. out by by saying it was for mental health reasons, right? So you know it was for the right thing for you, Alistair. So well, bottling yeah, out is it's it's just, not that's not what it was. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but you're but, not. He but you're not hearing that. We can all see it. And we can all show you, we can write it down and take a photo and show you, but you will not hear it or see it at this precise moment in time, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. But, you know, um, afterwards, after a little while, you know, um, I thought, well, I think on balance, I think it was the right decision. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done looking after yourself. That's what it's all about. And it's tough. At the moment, um, but we're all here. We're all here on a. Is it Friday night? Friday night. It is Friday. At eight o'clock. We're all alive. We all made another week. Um, that is something to celebrate. To Sounds like making healthy choices. Yeah, that's what I think it is. A healthy choice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was listening to um, one of Glenn and Doyle's podcasts. Ian, you're going to do the. Who? So this, who are these two people, Glenn and Doyle? I don't no, her know. name is Glennon Doyle, right? Oh, it's okay. really good. And um, she was talking about this. We, we've got to um, rethink this idea that we're striving for happiness all the time because actually happiness is just one facet of life. Mm. And what we need to do is, is recognise that all the emotions are telling us something about things we need to do, right? And so what we should do is, is sit with all of them and stop trying to get wriggle out of them and head towards happiness because it's unrealistic that expectation and that will only drive you crackers i tell you what was not a happy moment and i, I don't think we shared it in a proper show i think i shared it in a minority stream um I, and for those who don't know every uh, thursday at four o'clock in the afternoon i do a stream for white men try and stop me I do a stream purely for white men because <laughs> we don't have a space where we can talk openly about issues yeah. that affect white 
men. So if you're a white man, four o'clock on Thursdays. If you're a woman, if you're of a different ethnicity, if you've got a funny voice, um, you're not welcome. You'll be, you'll <laughs> funny voice. Up. Yeah, you know, nice. like like um, like Chinese. <laughs> oh, or, oh, I see. Right. You know <laughs> I, mean. I heard um, a BBC Radio Four extra comedy show because uh, I'm I, I'm falling asleep oh, listening to it, and yeah. it was a sketch show from 1990, and it was three posh white guys, awful sketches, and one of them was a reporter talking to a Chinese man who was played by a white, um, probably upper middle class guy. I'm not going to do it. He did the voice. Imagine, you know, someone doing the impression of a Chinese oh. voice. He did that. And I'm in bed thinking, no one listens to this. No, If someone at the BBC had listened to it, they'd have gone, A, it's not funny, the whole thing, and B, this is racist, right? And they would have pulled it. Or, or you, occasionally you'll get the uh, this a warning, the language, and I've had to do these. The, the, these this is an old show, and it contains dated themes, is, is the phrase, dated, dated themes and ideas. But even this was outside the concept of dated themes and ideas. It was someone doing Aww. the comedy Chinese voice. And the joke was, he was being interviewed about what he knew about Norwich. And he would do the, the Chinese voice, Nicholas Parsons. Chinese voice, Sale of the Century. And that was the gag. And I'm in bed thinking, geez, man, this is, this is not on. To someone, someone needed to have listened to it. And, um, and 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 obviously no one did. They're like, we'll have that. We'll put that'll fill thirty minutes slot. It was incredible, incredible. Yeah. Jeff McQueen, thank you very much for the um, for the. I was going to just say in that um, hearing you talk about your new medication and um, also, but it seems a bit of a faff because you're saying that you have to go through stages of trying each one. Hang on a second. It seems a long process and, and quite quite yeah. difficult, I would have thought. It is, and you have to do it. Hang on one second. Just bear with me, my computers. I fixed my computer so I, it, the audio won't crackle, but hang on. Big bottle of drugs with no top on. Oh, there it is. There it is. There we go. We got there. It's a tiny bottle. <laughs> Are you, right, okay, two things. For ADHD, you, you have to specifically, you have to, if there's, you want any hope of getting it, um, on the NHS, you have to follow this pattern of we started with Zagatin, that didn't work. We've gone to Elvans, that didn't because there are different types. So you have to be able to go to a GP and say, We tried these, this is the one. Will you write a monthly prescription for it? Quite often they'll say no. Depends where you are. I'm hoping that mine's okay. We've kept her. Um, she did um, put me forward for NHS assessment. She's not one of those doctors that went no, and we've kept her informed of the whole thing. But this is the thing about medication, right? It is, it's chemistry, it's chemistry. I always thought a psychiatrist was the, was, the, was the one where you went and laid on a couch and talked about your mother. It's not. Mm. A psychiatrist is a chemist, basically. Mm. And what they do is they diagnose a condition, uh, like bipolar or a, a neurodiversity, like ADHD, and they go, right, okay, this is your background, this is what you've got. I think this drug will work for you. And they will prescribe the drug and you'll come back a month later and go, I felt worse. Okay, we're going to increase the dosage and we're going to add this drug. And, and that's what they do. And I'm privileged that I'm, I'm still able to, to afford this. What a GP does is you've got a seven minutes thing. You go, I'm, I'm depressed. And they won't look for bipolar. They go, oh, you're depressed. Here's 40 grams of citalopram a day. And that's it because they haven't got the knowledge or the time 
to nudge these things. There's a weird quirk of antidepressants that sometimes taking less has a bigger effect on people. But a GP isn't hasn't got the ability to spend 30 minutes with you and going, okay, we'll try this, we'll try this. Um, come back in, come back in three weeks. And and then also if you feel worse, give me a call. They haven't got that ability. So it is trial and error if done. Mm. Oh, well, good luck with it anyway. I've, I've just been prescribed the nasal spray for my headaches, which I've had for oh. two months. That was a, a a bigger faff than I thought to use that as well. Um, Go on. You've got to prime it, like shake it, spray it in the air. Then like certain types of breathing when you're doing it. I'm not sure I did it right. I mean, I, I put it up my nose, but yes. I'm not entirely sure it, that... It came out your bum, so... Are they migraines, Dave? I think it's of... sinus-related. Um, I've kind of always, always had migraines, but this is different. And like, oh. almost every day for two and a half months now, I've been waking up with something. Um, so, yeah, I think it's sinus. But but again, you know, I was only able to talk to the doctor for five minutes on the phone. Um, yeah. So it's oh. just what they, what they could... And that's not, not a criticism that, but... of GPs. That's what they're working with. They have to know a little bit of everything and they've got limited um, time, you know, so, and that's how that system works. And I'm really lucky that I can still afford to to put some money aside and pay 150 quid every month to go and see a psychiatrist because I know it will make me feel better. The bipolar stuff is great. We've, we've hit the groove there. Um, Are there specific, you know, not even delve too deep into it, but we've got here and that stuff are there limitations on stuff they can or would be happy to this is an amphetamine right and i've i go in and i always tell the doctor whatever doctor i've got i will always say i have a history of of addiction primarily cocaine but also ecstasy and marijuana and 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 drugs and there are issues around sex and, and food and shopping kind of going down the thing i'm all i'm always straight in with them and and telling them that and um uh, I've had a really good talk with him about it. A- addiction is often a-, a part of ADHD. It's often what we do to try and get some control over that. And we we have talked about amphetamines and things. And he has said it, there is a potential that it could it could awaken something. And so we have an agreement where I have said if at any point I take a tablet and afterwards think. I think I took that for the wrong reason, or I find that thing awakening, I will get in touch with him straight away. And and with this, I can stop taking it straight away. And I did that once when I was I was quite a few years clean and I got prescribed Tramadol. Tramadol, I said to them, that's when I had an operation on my anus. And I said to them, I'm an addict. Can I get the most powerful painkiller you can give me that will not go into like really strong ones so you know I, I don't want anything too bad so they gave me tramadol and i didn't know anything about um prescription meds so i thought well they've heard me i'll take some tramadol tramadol is is like a heroin substitute it's oh. nuts i was traveling through time i was in lost and i came up with a better ending of lost and i was taking it because i was in a lot of pain and then one day i took it and i thought I, i'm not in pain and i took that I took that for the wrong reasons. So I gave them to my wife and said, can you get rid of these? Because um, I can't have them in the house. I can't, I can't be around them. And then about three weeks later, I opened a glove compartment. They were there. I said, you've got to get rid of these. I will sniff these out. Um, so I, yes, Dave, there are, there are some that, that, that are more speedy than this. And um, I have to just be honest with the psychiatrist, you know, and um, 
And you've also told me that if I spot any changes, I've got to say something. Yes, but I I said to you, if if you spot any changes, let me know. And you said, what changes might they be? And I said, well, I might get irritable or angry, to uh, quick to anger. And you just looked at me and went, yeah, but what are the changes? (laughs) (laughs) Ginger ninjas in the house. He went on a second date, but the girl was a massive racist. And that's the end of that. Yeah, that's not true, is it, Liam? No, it is. Oh, let's let's <laughs> let's um, Liam. Why don't you tell us about it? But but just be careful of your language, please. <laughs> um. So, as Ian said, I did go on my second date. Um, we went to McDonald's, just a cheap date. Did you book um, a table. Nothing wrong with the Mackey D's, mate. What? Nothing wrong with the Mackey D's. <laughs> um, and. At first, it was like she wouldn't really talk and all of that. Um, and she, she was basically just—I I don't know—I don't want to sound harsh because I don't know if it, she's got like a problem or something. But she was basically eating like an animal, yeah. like okay. no manners or nothing. Some people do, and and some people that's not a problem, and some people that's off-putting, and that's that's okay. Whatever you felt about that, that's okay. What are we talking, Liam? Are we talking mouth open, full washing machine? Mouth open, and also she was like, she had like a burger, and she was like ripping, like, it apart basically. Oh, oh, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it made me feel a bit uncomfortable because obviously that's okay. Um, so anyway, so that. I, I I can deal with that kind of like obviously not maybe more not in public but that's not like a the deal breaker. Um then she uh there was these kids that were like fighting or something and the mum told them off and I can't remember exactly what they said but it was something and she and her response was, Oh that's why I don't want any kid even though on like the dating site it says like when I've been looking for someone, I want someone that wants kid and she has it as one kid. Um so it was like, well, again that's a not a massive deal breaker but, but like obviously if if you were trying with a kid and it didn't happen then that obviously I would be fine with that. But when she said that it was like oh it made it like worse. Anyway, so we carried on with the day, went, finished eating, started walking back uh, to hers, and she she said the N word. Oh, no. Mm. No, no. Um, not loudly the first time, but still. The first thing. time. She said it more than once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I looked around and gladly no one was around. And I said to her, you can't do that. It's racist. And uh, also because of my job that I do around, loads of people know me. And if they see me with you, I can lose it. Um, So I said, don't do that. Like, stop. Her response was, I do it all the time and I don't get told off. God. Um, and then 
she said it so loud <gasps> that it echoed where we were. And again, I looked around, luckily no one was around. And I was just like, well, that's no, that all this, all this is like not what I want. No. I mean, the other stuff, like you say, like eating and all that, like, you know, sometimes you think, am I expecting too much of people? But that, I think you're allowed to expect people not to use the N word. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Especially on a second date. I mean, God. That's a, that's well, a fourth you know date word, right? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> a fourth or fifth date word. Well, Gafford's right. Well done for calling her on it because um, it, I'm sure we've all been in situations where someone has said something that we mm. find personally offensive huh? and have ignored it. You know, I've, I've, I, yeah. it's the, cl- the cliche is in the back of a cab, and I have done. You know, someone says, the cab driver says something racist, and I've just ignored it. It's tough to say i'm not happy with that i'm uncomfortable with you saying that actually and i don't like it that's a tough thing to say so yeah. well done for saying it liam oh it's yeah, especially uh, when you're in a situation where there could be some key at the end you're of obviously well you're obviously <laughs> wanting to make a good impression yeah and if you but i wonder what context you were saying it was she just saying it willy-nilly or i don't know Oh, you hundred percent got to call that out. You do, and more. You're right, and I'm I'm embarrassed to think back on the times when I didn't, and I would now. Um, I would, um, and hearing you say that, Liam, is inspiring because it is tough to speak out and say that, and, and it doesn't have to be racism. It can be anything that sits uncomfortably and goes against your ethics and your principles. Um, yeah, and it, it's. Um, that's a big thing to be able to do that, man. Well done. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, guys, the yeah, I, com. Say that again, Dave. It's deleted his profile on racistdating.com. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, can I just say to George's woman, um, you are not alone. This is, I've, I've been reading the conversation. George's woman is suffering. I pointed like that. And I wasn't going to do that, but I, you know, we often think of. I often think of mental health as being up here. Actually, I think for me, it's more here, more in my soul. But but, but a point there because the mental health. Um, and I can see you are struggling, and you have been struggling. You are allowed to ask to speak to a different. If you've got a practice with more than one GP, you are allowed. Is well within your rights to say. Can I speak to a different GP, please? Can I get a second opinion? It's tough thing. Again, we're talking about tough things to say. It's tough. I remember um, my youngest boy when he was about 18 months. And funnily enough, we found a disc with, I think, all of his pictures on. Um, We went to a doctor, our local GP, and it was, what do they call it, Catherine? A locum. A locum, locum, yeah. And it was a guy. I hate to be that guy. I'm going to be a little bit Nick Ferrari, okay? Um, I have to say, because it's my truth, he had a very strong Indian accent and we could not understand what he was saying. Me and my wife, who are very, very liberal, we could not understand what he was saying. And we had to keep saying, I'm really sorry, what did you say? And we felt terrible, you know, white middle-class liberals going, I'm really sorry, what did you say? What did you say? And... um. Um, and we took our boy in because he had a temperature. He's only a baby. Took had a temperature, and was screaming a lot. And we took it, took him in, and the doctor looked at him. Then he took a call on his mobile phone, 
And then he came back and said, yeah, no, no, he's, he's, he's fine. He's just got a fever. He's just got a fever. Go home. And we went home and I was like going, that's what the doctor said, he's got fever. And my wife said, no, no, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. And she, we were too embarrassed to go back to the GPs and say, can we see someone else? So we went to A&E and thank God uh -huh. we did because his bladder and his kidneys were wired up wrong and he was poisoning himself with urine. He um. was dying. He was dying. And, and if we'd have waited a couple of days, could have been dead. And, um, and we were nervous to go back to the GPs and say, and actually it's better that we went to the A&E. The point I'm trying to make is, in fact, when my boy was seven and they were doing children in need at school and I got to go in with him and he said, could you, could you tell the teacher that I used to be a child in need? <laughs> and I said, yeah. Um, um, and it's, it's, it's an amazing turnaround. You know, it was really touch and go for a while. Um, the point I'm trying to make, and I've gone off on a tangent, you are, you are entitled to um, ask for a second opinion from a GP in your surgery. If it's not a practice with, with others, you can um, ask to go to another practice. That can be a little bit fiddly and it can be tough. But if you're not happy with what is being said to you, yeah, go and speak to, go and speak to another doctor. Go mm. and speak to another doctor and say, I felt really um, dismissed or whatever your word is by that doctor. And I didn't feel that I was heard. And, and this is what's going on. And, and be honest, say, I want to kill myself. Say, and I, I'm, put, I'm making these things up. Say your, your dog is the only thing that's keeping you going. Say whatever you have to say, but say it. Don't hold any of it back. Yeah. That is my suggestion. And the worst know. thing is that you're feeling rubbish anyway. And to have to advocate for yourself in that way can mm -hmm. seem like just one more thing. But, but, but you've got to treat yourself as nicely as you would treat your friend. And 116123, 116123, yeah, if it ever gets too much, I've been suicidal. There have been several points in my life where I've actually thought I'm going to do it. But before I do it, I'm going to phone up the Samaritans, see if they can, can talk me out of it. They don't talk you out of it. Um, but they, they, for me, it was just like taking the kettle off of the hob. It just, it just reduced enough that I thought, all right, I'm not going to kill myself. I still feel shit, but I'm not going to go and kill myself. Uh, my sister says, I spoke to several GPs at our local practice before I found one who knew anything about the menopause. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, some don't. And I, I was talking about the, getting an ADHD referral by my GP. My psychiatrist was quite surprised. He went, oh, oh, OK, she's clued up on that then. That's great. Because often they go, ah, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's potluck, really, isn't it? Getting the right fit with a doctor. Um, I'm having to put down, because... I had um, an email uh, yesterday from my eldest daughter's school saying that they want permission to vaccinate the kids. Okay, yeah. Um, and they wanted me to put down <clears throat> which doctor's practice we used and what our doctor's name was. I couldn't tell you what our doctor's name was, to be honest, anymore, mm -hmm. because they change so often. So it feels like, I mean, thankfully, touch wood, we've not had to go to the doctor's very often over the last few years but um, on the occasions where we have it's always a different doctor so there is no consistency really of care and you have to start afresh with each person um, and I've had varying levels of um, reaction from people in that in that particular surgery so I completely get it god um, but it is my, hot luck isn't it, and it I, and... I, I have a recurring GP and she's put her finger up my bum gosh <laughs> So it was embarrassing Ooh. when I went to the surgery the day after that club and she was sat there. You know, was, <laughs> there she has, she's put her finger up my bum. And, um, Didn't she know. try and get out of it next time you asked for an appointment with her? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't walk in with my pants around my ankles going, here you go. Yeah, and all the others are sore throat. I mean... <laughs> She did it. And I was making jokes while she was doing it. I, I said, I'm, I said, I'm so sorry that you're having to do this. She went, well, it's okay. 
and I, I, I said, um, I, I can't remember what I said, but I made a joke and she just, you know, it's, it's, to her it's like lifting up the, like being a mechanic, lifting up God, the bonnet no. and having a look at the engine, the shitty engine. An engine <laughs> I'll tell, tell you who I do get consistently um, for my smear test. A, a friend and well, a friend of my husband's oh. wife. Oh, so often there's a cricket conversation going on below the waist. <laughs> that's the time on? you wouldn't mind it being consistent. <laughs> Just the most awkward, undignified thing to ever happen, and holding a normal conversation yeah. while someone's doing that is just. I just say, please don't bother. Just let's get it over with. Yeah, I just want to go to my my happy place. I'll play the magic roundabout theme in my head and pretend I'm not here, if you don't mind. But also, every time I see her, she says, "Oh, there's only me here. Is that okay?" And I think, oh, I'm not a complete stranger, but all right, I'm here now. Because you have to sort of work yourself up to it, don't you? I lost yeah. all embarrassment when three things happened quite close to each other. I had to wipe my mum's backside um, after a roast dinner. I, um, what was the, the second one? I can't remember. And um, the third one was I had a, a piles and an anal fissure and I'm lying on the table with my trousers around my ankles on the side with my knees up. And um, the, the, it turns out it's not a doctor, it's just a bloke. Walked out and came back in with six people and said, is it okay if I bring some students in? Oh. And at oh. that point, I just thought, ah, okay, whatever, whatever. From now on, it, it does. It's not going to get any worse than this. You'd come and have a look. Do what you want to do. I'm I didn't ask for autograph sauce with the head. No, but it was when I was on it's the telly. On the and, I, I did, but, and I did think, oh shit, man. This, is, but that was it. Oh, the second thing was, I had to, my mum was doing a trial for cannabis, uh, medical cannabis, and I had to go in and ask, do a questionnaire with her. And I had to. There was the question: When was? Imagine asking your mum this. When was the last time you had an orgasm? Oh God. <laughs> do you do you orgasm easily? Do you masturbate? I said, Mum, I'm going to ask you three questions, and we're never going to talk about this <laughs> ever again in our life. Could you not just have made up the answers? Would they have known? I put down. Uh, I put down. Ye uh, yes, loads, and all the time. So why um, do they have to have to know that? From Getting medical cannabis. Exactly. They get their kicks from it, Alistair, obviously. They're dirty, <laughs> dirty. They're all stoners. They've got the real stuff. Uh, by the way, £20, £20 patrons. I'm, I recorded a really nice little podcast today where I went to visit my mum. And you'll hear me reading a bit of Danny Baker's book to my mum once I um, edit that. And I should say, I don't think we've got any in, but the 150s, the 150s, the, the, uh, the raw box. Sunday, 5pm, uh, I think it is, we're having our little meeting. We hope you can... Is your mum okay in, 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 the, in the home? is great. It's her 71st birthday next month, next oh. weekend. Oh, right. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought she'd have lived that long? I'm hoping I can take the boys on the Sunday. So birthday's on the Saturday. So 70 is, what year are we? 2021. Yeah, her 71st birthday. She's great. And I've worked it out. I, I used to, I, the reason I didn't go is because I felt obliged to go there for three or four <laughs> hours. And, you know, you, you hear if you're there for three or four hours, you will hear the same story 30 times. And she's quite often she's she's there and quite often she's not there, you know. And um, I, I found it really depressing and I resented it. Mm -hmm. But I've got it now. I go for an hour. I go for an hour. I set myself an hour and we either go out for a coffee. I'm not allowed to take one of my cats there. Although, ah, hold that thought. 
Um, or we go for a coffee or I, I've been going and reading um, uh, Danny Baker's first book to her because it, it, although it's set in South London and she's North London, she kind of knows that world and there's a lot of talk about sweets from the 60s and all of that stuff. And so we'll read it and then we'll kind of stop and I'll go, oh, do you, do, do you? Uh, there was a um, there was a reference to the television programme, The Cedar Tree today, um, niche TV fans. And we used to have to watch The Cedar Tree every lunchtime. And so we talked about that. And then we talked about the Sullivans and, you know, and it's and at, at, at the end of an hour, um, we finished the chapter on the hour. And I said, OK, Mum, well, I'm going to go now and I'll, hopefully I'll see you next week. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Because I watched says, that. The um, tree was so dull. It, God, it was boring. That house party <laughs> and the Sullivans we used to have to watch. Oh, I remember Alistair, the sorry, Sullivans. go on. Yeah, I, I just because um, I was reminded by kind of stuff that we discussed on here when the pandemic was really bad, especially when the government cocked up about just sending elderly people oh, home, yeah. to, to the homes without yes. checking. And I watched that programme Help with uh, Jodie Comer in it and Stephen Graham. Okay. Yes, I'm aware was, of it. I didn't see it. It was a, well, it was a tough watch, as you can imagine. What was it about? Was it about care homes? Was it about it was about Yeah, it was about... Um, um, Jodie Comer was a, a carer and it was a small care home and Stephen Graham was a I like, like him a 40, a 49 year old but with pre-senile dementia yeah um, and but there were other um, obviously client uh, care clients there as well and it it, 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 gent it gently takes you into a situation where Jodie Comer is the only carer on over a particular night and uh, how she deals with that. And, you know, it, it's, um, it, you know, it's heartbreaking, really. This care home is, in, is incredible. Uh, um, and they, my mum went in there. Joe, do you remember? She was young. She was like, would have been about 56 when she went in. And me and my sister had to make, the decision was kind of forced on us because the council said, we, we're not going to give you, care in her house anymore because she's too much but it was still me and my sister that had to look at every option her moving in with us but all of that and we had to say we're going to put her in a care home it was absolutely horrendous about 56 there's a guy that was in there that went there in his 40s because he got the bends he got the, he, he was a diver and he got the bends and he's all there he just can't mm. walk can't use his body and and his speech is a bit slow um here's the point i was thinking of catherine I, this, the care home's still really strict, and, and I'm allowed to go in her room if I do a PCR and a, a, another test. But they won't let me take the cat in. So you have knowledge of cats on leads. Is that correct? Yeah. Talk, talk to me about it, because I, I want to take Pats. I really want to take Pats, and I might take her on a lead. All right. I think I've still got one, because I tried one with Willow when, when I first had her. I mean, the wrong cat. <laughs> I think these would quite like it. Um, if you're going to a coffee shop with us, sorry, Kevin, if you're going to a coffee shop, can't you, can't the cat meet you at the coffee shop? <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. Could do that. <laughs> but yeah, you can. Have a look at Jackson, what Jackson Galaxy has to say about it. There are very, you know, some people, some people don't like the idea, but actually he says, and if he says it's all right, I go with him. Pats would be the one, because after the accident, she's very cuddly. My sister says it's not fair if Patty can go in, but I can't. Patty is not allowed in, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and there is some confusion at the care home about who can go in the room. You're allowed to have one nominated person, but they have to do a, two tests. Um, 
Um, but but and someone said, God, that's strict. Yeah, too bloody right. It's strict. I'm glad it's strict. They've had no, as far as I'm aware, no one in that home has died of it. It got in there. My mum had it. Um, and we we thought, oh, shit, well, here she goes. She's going to die. She was really ill for two days. And on the Wednesday, I phoned up. How is she? Oh, yeah, she's fine now. Yeah, <laughs> that was that. Was that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, but I'm glad it's really strict. Keep it really strict. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy that's in charge of it, I mean, he used to be the handyman. I don't quite know what he's doing now. But um, the guy that's in charge of it, um, he, I, I met him outside once and he said, do you wear that mask every day? I went, yeah. And he took a step back. I thought, and he said, I, I take the mask thing really seriously. You need to wash it. It's like, shit. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great. You have to go in. You can go into the the kind of the vestibule they have a thermometer on the wall that you don't touch and you put your head up again. Oh, it's great. I love it. More of that, please. Yeah, it's when people start getting loosey-goosey and like, go on, it's be fine. It's when things get in. Yeah. Well, it sounds yeah. like we just need to make the maintenance men of all the care homes in charge. It'll be fine. I'm not quite sure how we got in charge of it, really. Um, but, just inherited um, the job, baby. It was there long enough. <laughs> the manager left and just, he got the job. I sat at the desk. I, I'm, um, I have a... Uh, my great nana that's in the care home, who also has dementia. No. Um, she, they, now anyone in during the lockdown? Yeah, good. Um, and when it when they finally did, they had to. It was only my mum allowed. Yeah. Um. Which, obviously, like me for me, my younger brother. And my stepdad would normally go, well, we wouldn't go every week, but near enough every week. Um, and still now, they're only allowed two at a time. So mum mom doesn't sort of juggle to be go on, on her own. Um, so my stepdad goes in with her. So it's been quite hard for me and my yeah. younger brother 
It's tough. And that's happening all over the country, not to belittle or demean your experience. It's tough. I remember when um, quite far into the first lockdown, I phoned up and said, can I just come and sit outside her window? And they went and they had like a meeting about it. And they said, yeah, as long as you um, wipe that, we will provide you with a chair. You're not allowed in the building. You have to go around the side. You're not allowed to touch the window. And when you're finished, you have to walk away and call us. And we will come and disinfect the chair and we will, um, you know. And oh, it was incredible, you know, just sat outside a window. And I think, oh, I phoned her up. So we were on the phone like we were in a submarine or something. And it was it was incredible. And it's it's tough. And I know that so many people, lockdown started and they never got to see their relative again. That was it. Mm -hmm. That was it. And I thought it was going to be it for us. And my mother is indestructible. I will be dead one day. She will be at my bloody funeral because we cannot get rid of that woman. But it's tough, um, Liam. And I'm sorry that you, you, you are going through that. It's um, tough is yeah. the word. It's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, like she also, um, I don't know if it was, I don't think she got it, but there was a couple of people in the care home that got COVID, which made it worse for, yeah. um, because I think it was just after my mum started seeing her again. And we were like, all like, oh yeah, we we're going to be able to see her and um, after a couple of weeks. And then one of them... Mm -hmm. We got a phone call saying, oh, you can't come in this week. We've got like three people that have got COVID. And it was like, oh, that, no, definitely not what we want to hear. It's, um, it, and I, any of the care, you know, we're lucky this is a really good care home. Um, you know, my mum is now being paid for predominantly, not completely by the council, but it was an expensive one. And we are lucky that she's still there. Once she was, she was unable to pay for it anymore. There was talk of her getting kicked out and, and moved to a cheaper one. Um, and we're really lucky. And, but also all of the care homes where people have died, I have got nothing but respect for them because they were given shit all. <laughs> this place actually had PPE in stock before. And I don't quite know mm. why, but they had it in stock. And they also had enough money to buy it quite early on. Um, but the care homes were people, where people died. That's that's criminal, man. That's criminal. I've got no nothing but respect for the people that went in every day and risked their lives to look after, you know, our most mm. precious asset. And they were... Um, I mean, it's kind of back to where we started. They were shat upon by the government who were putting sick people in the care homes, not yeah. testing people and putting them in the care homes. And, and giving them up, no guidance. No guidance and making up this bullshit um, retrospectively saying, oh, no, we have, we, we have a ring of steel. No, you didn't. You were putting sick people in there. You, you didn't tell them what the rules were. No. Um, what can I say, man? What can I say? Yeah, like this, is, this is one of the worst governments ever, isn't it? And really? that's saying something. We have had... <laughs> the worst um, three, each prime minister has been significantly worse than the first. You know, imagine anybody worse than David Cameron. Oh, hello, we've got Theresa May. Well, we can't get worse than that. Oh, my God, it's him. Well, at least it means next we've just got a sack of tax. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that trajectory. But, but there are people that are still going, that still believe but still buy Boris's shtick, partly because they believe his lies, partly because we got our sovereignty back, and partly because people like me are upset by it. And people have called it out on Twitter. They call it out to James O'Brien a lot. Um, wipe up those liberal tears. I'm glad you're miserable. People are happy to be worse off because people like me 
are unhappy with the situation. But that brings us back to that, what we were saying at the start of the show, which was while we're all pointing fingers at each other and enjoying winding Mm. each other up, the people at the top are still bumbling along and serving themselves, helping their mates into positions of power and cocking it up, cocking it up time and time again, and then making out badly that they know what they're doing. Whenever I see a minister at the moment being asked about something, what plans are being made, whatever, it feels like a kid who's been caught out not reading the book that he had to read for his homework. You can tell, Mm. you can see that they're making it up as they go along. But enough people still seem to be willing to give them either the benefit of the doubt or support because they hate the right people or they're making life difficult for the right people as far as they're concerned. But there are people that I really care about and they are clever, clever people and they are still falling for the, oh, well, he's doing his best. No one else could have dealt with this. He's not dealt with it. <laughs> Stop kidding yourselves. Um, he's looking out for himself. Think, he's not dealing think, with think, it. He went and got it. Hang on, go, hang, Dave, hang on a second. Go on, visually. So, I was just saying, he wasn't dealing with it. He went and got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we all thought that might be the turning point. Oh, he's got it now. Now he knows what it's like. No, he was more of an arsehole. Go on, Dave. Yeah. It was Alistair. Oh, Alistair, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, it's hard to tell uh, in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> look like you're on witness protection. I'm still hiding from the cat. Um, <laughs> people often forget. Well, no, I don't. I think people often forget. I don't know for sure. That the people at the top, these people in charge, don't go through the struggles that everyday people do. No. And I know that's a kind of an obvious thing to say because... They can do whatever. They can find petrol from anywhere. They can well, go privately health-wise. <laughs> they can pay for They're multi-millionaires. The best, multi-millionaires. The best I, I, I care home. Sunak is close to being a billionaire, I think. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I just hope that in, in a couple of years, whenever the general election is, that people will try and, and, and try an alternative to... To, to this particular, you know, kind of right-wing reactionary uh, reading ideology. Danny, reading Danny Baker's book, it's written a few years ago, and um, I am I was reminded of something that was the biggest scandal ever. And he talks about how his dad would, um, what is the phrase, um, up, to, up to skullduggery or something, and every time someone, like a football manager, lost a job, he'd say, oh, was he up to skullduggery? He'd go, no, he was just a crap football manager. Oh, you bet there was something going on. Talking about bribes. And Danny Baker says, if my dad were alive now, he would absolutely be smiling with glee at the expenses scandal, saying, oh, they're all mm. up to it, beautiful. And you remember that was the biggest thing? Yeah. That was the biggest thing. We thought, well, they can't get any worse than that. They've bought... Um, a duck house for £15,000. Lembit Opic has bought a £2,500 television on our money. That's outrageous. Oh, no, it can get infinitely worse than that. They're literally allowing people to die. I remember interviewing Barbara Follett, MP and wife of Ken Follett, multimillionaire, um, oh, best-selling yeah. author, right? And she had been caught out because she'd bought she'd bought, um, uh, you know, a house in London and people were questioning her need to have this house in London and one also, um, I think, is it around Stevenage somewhere? Yeah, yeah it was half an hour on the train. Yeah, it was half an hour on the train. And she was furious with me because I suggested that <laughs> she might need a bolt hole in London because obviously sometimes they sit late. I was actually throwing her a bone. She went, it's not a bolt hole, it's a house. And I thought, okay, not helping yourself. I said, 
But you've got people at that time. There was an MP called Kerry Coop, Kerry Cooper. I think that no, was his is that, name. No, that's your friend. The son no, that's Carrie Cooper. Kerry. Oh, okay. I think his name was Kerry, and he had six kids, right? And he used to go in from his place in Stevenage or around the area. He had a similar journey to her. He used to go on his bike, and he used to bike to and from, and he used to go on the train, and he used to come back every single time, right? And um, she said she couldn't possibly do that because she had dogs. <clears throat> I mean, different world. Let me and she also this. didn't. She also resented me suggesting that people would be uh, less likely to um, forgive her for something like that because she had a, you know, she she was from a wealthy background, had a wealthy husband. She went, mm-hmm. I can't believe you're bringing my husband into this. It's like, think about how people see you. Now, can I play you a little clip? I haven't heard this for years, and I'm, I'd be keen to hear this. This is a recorded phone call between Boris Johnson. Oh God! From years ago. Um, talking to um, his friend Darius Guppy. Boris, have you got this number? Gerard, look, there is a guy at the moment. That's Boris. Going through your brilliant his file at home. Fantastic. But I am telling you something, Boris. This guy has got my blood up, all right? And there is nothing which I won't do to get my revenge. It's as simple as that. Uh, how badly are you going to hurt this guy? Not badly at all. I, I really, I want to know. Cause it, okay, let me explain this. If, if this guy is through, I'll be fucking curious. I guarantee you... If this guy sues me, I'll be fucking furious. He will not have a broken limb or broken arm. He will not, uh, he will not be put into intensive care or anything like that. He will he'll probably get a couple of black eyes and a, and a, and a, and a crack rib or something like that. Nothing which you didn't suffer in rugby, okay? But you get scared, and that's what I want him to do. I want him to get scared. I want him to have no idea who's behind it, okay? Okay, if I get fucking, if I get You will not, Boris. I swear to you, if you knew it's going to get I'm not going to say I'm like, That's your Prime Minister, man. That would be, you know, in the olden days, if that got re- released, the, the, the guy would, would be gone within seconds. That's there. People go, that's cool. And his defence was, then, I didn't actually give him the address. It's like, well, you didn't tell him that he shouldn't be behaving like that either, did you? It sounded like he was mm. doing what he does, which is telling people what they want to hear. Even there, I remember that being played on Have I Got News For You with him as a guest, and it yeah. just being a joke. He fudged, didn't he? It was yeah, Kerry it- Pollard I was referring to earlier on, by the way. But yeah, he's he gets away with it every time because he does this kind of ooh. And now there's a suggestion that um, after the COVID, it's kind of affected his memory and stuff. I mean, how many more um, allowances are we going to give this guy? He's had allowances well, for his not, life. He's started quoting the market in the UN now. Sorry. Go on, Davis. You make a good point. Yeah. He started quoting the Muppets at the UN, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he went down like a cold cup of sick, didn't it? <laughs> You're right. There is a great interview. Maybe we'll play it another night um, with Eddie Mayer um, uh, confronting yeah. Boris Johnson. I think on a, like a weekend political show, maybe the Andrew Marr show, c- confronting with all of this. And Boris uh, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, don't call him Boris, is doing that. Blah, 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 blah. And he just went, you're a really nasty piece of work, aren't you, Boris Johnson? And um, that's, yeah. that's that. The two, two of the greatest political interviews, Eddie Mayer with Boris Johnson and James O'Brien with Nigel Farage where at the end, Farage's people come in and say, right, this interview's over, we're going now, on live radio. Oh, it's magnificent, because um, uh, O'Brien has done his research and has got every fact 
down and backed up mm. and it is beautiful it's beautiful it's, it's a real master i'm sure they probably do play that interview at, at journalist college and on courses because it's perfect he's it's gone in with all of yeah. his facts mm. and he's got them all just ready every time one one has been batted away he can go okay well how about this how about this boom 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 is that on YouTube? Uh, yeah, it, uh, let me see if I can find it. It must be on YouTube. It's beautiful. It's live. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, where Farage is completely on the back foot. And, um, yeah, his press guy comes is right, this is over now. This is, we're going. But 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 I was just, I was just asking him, um, let me see if I can. There are quite frequently um, fact-checking things that you see on Twitter where it says, they said this, this is the truth. Yeah. But here's the thing. Supporters don't care. No. As long as they're getting what they want, largely, they're willing to let a lot of things slide because they're not mm. the ones affected by it. Yeah. I wonder if I can... Let me, well, let's just see if we can play the end of, of this. Expenses. These are allowances, fixed-rate allowances, which I've spent in accordance with the rules. So will you go for the audit that all Labour MEPs go for? We will make a decision en masse. Yeah, well, yes, no, Nigel, election, you're in charge. But I, I, I'm very suspicious of the word audit used in that context. Are you? Yes, very. OK. Nigel Farage, many right. thanks for your time and, and oh, energy thank you. this thank afternoon. You. There's a full list, of course, of all Euro candidates available on the LBC okay. website. Goodbye, Mr O'Flynn. Goodbye, Mr Farage. Many thanks for your time. It's 11.50. Okay, he ends it. I, I, mis, I misremembered it, but I'll, I'll post the link in the chat. It really is. I hadn't seen it. I didn't know there was a video of it, but um, mm. it's remarkable and it's bloody uncomfortable. Love it. We're not going to watch any Paddington Green tonight. But Padding, <laughs> Paddington Green is not... <laughs> I was not looking gonna, forward to going back down the cellar with uh, Mr. What's-his-name. It's a slightly... It would have been a slightly fiddly setup with um, with you not being there. So we'll we'll yeah. do... Well, maybe we won't do it next week because um, you... It's a shame because it was got, a pleasure i get out of life. <laughs> it is a pleasure we all get out of life. I should be around for Friday night if we're doing it's a Friday a night stream. I out of life. I don't oh. know if you've seen it. For, for practice for next week, Catherine, there are some unbanned requests. Oh, I've seen some. Some of them are not even going to get um, a mention. Um, we there's, will... there's one that's ludicrous. Oh, because yeah. the, 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 the mods, Dave is one of our fantastic mods, and thank you, mods. Um, they get to see the unbanned requests. I don't even know how to access that, so I never see them. I just get them live. We, so, Catherine, is, we're not quite sure what the schedule is for you next week because you are jury duty, we mm -hmm. think. Yeah. We will not watch any Paddington Green without you. That will not be fair. But I really would like to do like a crap movie watch along on twitch one evening uh dear viewers so if you have any suggestions uh, any suggestions of a movie that we can watch that's on amazon prime that we don't have to pay for uh, um, i was going to suggest he-man but i guess that's not on there <laughs> uh, well uh, you, you they do have a load of old crap on there well uh, yeah. i, I want to watch that one alistair mentioned antimatter oh, oh god hang on a minute let's look first of all let's look up he-man um, <laughs> Oh, Terrible. well, um, it, 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 no, it's not. It's on a, a funny um, thing that you'd have to subscribe to. Uh, yeah. well, well, Antimatter, Alistair, t you were really angry with this movie. What was so bad about it? It's just the, um, I mean... It gets three and a half stars. Other aspects of it, like the, you know, the cinematography, the acting, that was fine. Just the narrative is completely uh, nuts. Well, the, I'm watching the trailer and I've just seen... Um, I tell you what we'll do. We, you guys won't be able to see it, but I will be able to show it to um, the, the the fans. The fans will get to see this. Um, Maybe I'm being too um, 
He might be because I know much. a little bit about signs and. <laughs> Right, hang on. Let's just watch this trailer and then we will come back and we will question that. Here we Wanna go. See a magic so you trick? won't be able to hear this, but they, they can. I can make matter disappear. It does look a little bit crap. I, I will, I'm going to give you that. Um, yeah, okay. Well, maybe that won't be the thing. Has anyone here... Tell us about your knowledge of science, Alistair. Sorry, I don't mean to... Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I've looked into it. What, into science? <laughs> yeah. his own, do your own research, Ian. Do your own research. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've looked into it. You no, know, I mean, you say matter and antimatter... You can't have matter and antimatter in the same space because that would cause uh, a massive explosion. Isn't that what the Hadron Collider is doing? The what, sorry? Yeah, that's Hadron connected. Collider. Right, that's connected. So we're all, you know, it doesn't matter what Boris is doing. I mean, it could all end in a minute. I'm trying to think of a... Uh, right, so they haven't got Primer on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh, what was that? It's Alistair. Is that you? What's that? I heard cats. It's, right. so I'm going to try and get Willow in. I'm just going to give her a shout. <laughs> I'll get mine in, but they're outside. I think the cats are in charge now. Yeah. <laughs> I, think if, I think that's how the pecking order goes. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Oh, It was my cats. Was, <laughs> there was chaos. So Prime is not on Amazon Prime, which is a great time travel movie. I wonder if Coherence is. <gasps> Coherence is on something. Oh, oh, <laughs> maybe we watch Coherence, although it's not a crap film. It's a great It's brilliant, film. yeah. It is great. It was made for like, I don't know, $50,000. And it is great. It's about a group of people having dinner. And then there's like some meteors outside, and so and all the power goes. So they decide to go and look outside and see what's happened. It is incredible, and I've not watched it for quite a few years. So maybe, maybe on Tuesday. Does this? Does, sorry, Alistair, I should check with you. Does this fit in with with your science? Is this good science yeah, or bad this science? This is this film is scientifically valid. Also, <laughs> awesome. documentary. <laughs> I love the fact that we now have a science correspondent and he was staring whoa, at us. Whoa, whoa. The, oh, the whole Catherine, have you got the smoke machine going? Catherine, have you got the smoke? Oh. Catherine, do you have the smoke machine go do you have the smoke machine going there? No. Uh, Gatford, are you in your PJs? No, it's just a, a casual shirt. I'm H-A-P-P-Y, I'm H-A-P-P-Y. Willow was coming in, she came running in over the horizon and then she saw a hedgehog. So I've got a list of, uh, of, of the top 50 movies on Amazon Prime. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Amazon Prime, now they are starting to at last. Who were we talking to, Catherine, who was doing a series on Amazon? Oh, it was... Um... Lee Kern. No, 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 no. It was... Um... Uh, I can't remember her name. Kate Garner's mum. Kate Garner's mum. Oh, yes. Mrs. Garner. Joan Hodges. Joan, yeah. Joan Hodges. 
um, who's an actress, and um, she's doing like a big budget series on Amazon. Amazon Prime is finally throwing money instead of just like going around to old post offices and happy shoppers and <laughs> picking up the VHS videos in the box out the front, free for anyone or, or 50p, and just putting that crap on. They're actually making good stuff now. There's some good TV series on Amazon Prime. Okay, well, tell us. But, okay, I'll, I'll give you a few movies. That, that you can so give, the original give us, number, give us hang on give us number 50 give us give us okay. 50 to 40 let's i'm not on. sure if this is done in any i think it might be done oh it's in alphabetical order i'm afraid it's not well, in, it's not a top 50 then is it well no it's 50 good films it's not in the order here's what of we're gonna 50. do here's what we're gonna you do. give me a number i'll tell you the film well no it's alphabetical order we're gonna give you a letter okay go to we um, we're all going to pick a letter and we're going to get two movies that then become our movies, right? I'll go first. B. B. Okay. Give me two Bs that I now own forever. Okay, so the first is Big Fish. Oh, that's a good film. By that's way, a film. John, by the way, John Harris, uh, John Harris is saying Bannisterford. Bannisters for, I don't know if that quite works. Okay. It does seem I mean, to be a running If you go up my stairs, does it come down calf stairs? Oh, God, look Ooh. at that. Or are, they, or are they the same stairs? Catherine didn't know how stairs were made and how they were put into a house. <laughs> I thought I'm not sure I can ridicule him that. I'm not sure I know that either. No, they, I don't. What? You know, no. you can go to there are, there are stair shops where you go in and they sell stairs. And they have wait, this is this is new. How do, you think, how do you think they do it? They like um, they come in and there's a gap, and so they get a piece of wood and they hammer that in, and then they get another piece of wood and hammer that in. And do, how do you think they do it? I'm pretty but, sure but I, I got my think, knowledge yeah. from the uh, money pit where they were weren't they trapped upstairs for a while? Yeah, I kind of assume that every house I get comes with a pet with stairs, and I don't I have generally to do it. They don't grow naturally. How did you think visionary stairs were made? figured they would just i mean what in my house there's literally one wall then there's another wall and then the steps are going in between and i know that's not right i think they build them up in the bottom yeah that's what i thought yeah yeah apparently not there are shops. There are shops. We and I, I and I know this because we had in a house I lived in. We had a loft conversion, and we had um, stairs uh, installed. And they come and they measure the stairs. And I think ours came in two parts, but they brought stairs in to the house. And I'm being asked to do something. Um, oh look, hang on. Well, my banister, my. That fits with that. But I'm being asked to do something here by the fans. And as you know, I, I, love, I love our fans. Um, so hang on a second. Um, a bit loud. And then um, add pin. There we go. We've got... <laughs> there we go. We've got the banisters um, in place there. <laughs> oh, I can see it now. Very good. <laughs> Right, you want... I only saw that because Catherine spoke first and then Catherine spoke between the two. Right, so I've got Big Fish. Give me another B, please. Burlesque. Oh, that's crap. It's got share in it, though. Oh. Yeah, it has got share. Well, that, that's, I imagine, why it's there. You pick a letter, please, and you get two films that you own forever. Well, I, it's going to have to be V, isn't it? Well, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be. I mean, it's... Well, I figured it probably that or A, but... I think well, B. Okay. Okay. There's only one V, but it is a classic oh. for, for vagina and ass. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Vertigo by uh, by uh, by uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Well, is it Hitchcock or is it Gus Van Zandt? Uh, no, it is the Hitchcock, not the not the okay, remake. So it's the it's the it's the inferior version. Okay. Would, would you like a number one seen... to make? Would Would you like a numbered one to make up for the two visionary? Uh, yeah, let's let's have so, um, sixteen. Well, I've only got two with numbers. Uh, oh. So thirty like days of. I've only got two numbers. Well, I, I, I film with a number. Thirty days of night, uh, starring Josh Hartnett and Melissa George, who was in Home and Away. Oh, Melissa I'll take that. Triangle. Yeah. All right, Ka uh, Catherine, pick a letter, please. Um, I'm going to go for a consonant. <laughs> I am actually two from the top and one from the bottom, please. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for D. She loves the D. <laughs> I'm afraid there are no Ds. Would you like what? to pick another No one? D? Did you die? You're a D. Hunter. Catherine, you get no movies. You're out. Good. I ain't got time. Oh. Liam, <laughs> your turn, please. L. 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 Hold on. That requires a little bit of scrolling. Uh, sorry, there are no Ls. <gasps> you're out. Liam, you're out. I didn't realise there was a, a danger element to this. Mm -hmm. um, Alistair, you're next, please. Uh, a, please, uh, Carrie. Okay. First of all, you have absence of malice. Okay, uh, but then we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's get to the film yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> absence of malice starring Paul Newman and Sally Field, 1981. Oh, I love Sally Field, but I don't think that was a ripe era for either of those two actors. And a, a very underrated actor, Bob Balaban. I love Bob Balaban. My friend Mackenzie is friends with Bob Balaban, bizarrely. I love Bob Balaban. He is just wonderful. Is he in um, a real person? Yeah, he is. Is he? In, um, um, he's in. He's in. Um, uh, 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 Harry David. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Is he in that? I'll have to Google. I'll have to. He's a great actor. Kind of like a little bookish man, Catherine. Balding glasses, um, but just absolutely brilliant. Absence, absence of Malister, says Beastie Boy. Thank you. Are there any other, more A's? Uh, yes, uh, there's another A. Uh, Across the Universe. Oh, that's uh, Beatles songs. Unlucky, mate. Starring Evan Rachel Wood and Jim Sturgis. Okay, all right. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, Bob Balaban, yes, Bob Balaban was in Close Encounters in the third I think he's one of the time. scientists. Um, Dave, it's over to you. Will you pick a letter that has movies or will you be out of the game? Z. The game. Z. Risky oh. move there. Uh, sorry. Hang on, what do we say in this country? Do we say Z or we Z? We say Z. 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 Don't we not say Z? Words, no, we don't say Z. Okay. Oh, okay. In the words of, uh, in the noises of family fortune. Okay, so that leaves me, visionary, and right. So what we need to do is we're going to set this up. So Alistair, you didn't, you had a letter, didn't you? Yes. Hey. I mean, talk, talk of <laughs> stretching the term game as much as we can. But I, I, as, as you know, I was strung out on heroin. So uh, that's why this is, this is fun to me. Uh, we have to say goodbye to my queen, the lead singer oh. in my group. Um, okay, my turn. W, please. Yes. Gatford, we cannot hear you. Okay. Uh, can you hear me yes, now? Yes, we can. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there is only the one W, When a Stranger Calls, starring Lance Hendrickson. Oh, he's good. He's in Millennium. Uh, this is this is a good one. It says, fear turns to horror when a 16-year-old babysitter realises a series of frightening phone calls that threaten the sleeping children. 
are coming from within the oh, house. I oh, I love films like that. Oh, I love. All right, I take it visionary. You'll go. Um, can I have a tea, please, Gatford? By the way, I'm too old to twitch. Says Gatford goes above K and DeCampo on the list of family fortunes presenters. Thanks to this, this is great. With DeCampo, <laughs> a family fortunes presenter. He's doing he's it at the moment. Yeah, okay. he's getting a lot of play at the moment, isn't he? He's, a, he's, he's, he's obviously got photos of somebody, right? There's yeah. a number of T's here. So, just Marvel. from the top, number one, the animal starring. Oh Rob no, 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 no. The does not count. Well, no. it's it's called the animal. It's not no. just called animal. No, go to what? No, T. Right. No, it should be an A. No, go to All right. go to the letter T, please. Well, in that case, then. Hundred. Ah, here we are. Right. Okay. To Rome with Love, Elliot Page, uh, written by Woody Allen and starring Woody Allen. Pro problematic. Uh, problematic. What year is it from, as well, please? Um, doesn't say. I'd have to click. Sound, the sounds twenty-first century. We do. It not certainly watch. looks modern because Ellen, Ellen, pa Elliot, Elliot, Elliot Page is young, isn't she? So. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, it, he is. The less said. Yes. Um, and one more T, please, for visionary. Well, we don't have any more T's that are not the. Oh, okay. So it's one. Okay. If Alistair gets um, a letter that has two films attached to it, he wins. It's as simple as that. Awesome. Should I go now? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. If you got to go. Oh, you better go now. Uh, I'll say A, Gary. Uh, could you repeat? E. E. As in extra. Why am I finding this so entertaining? Because it's not, <laughs> but I'm loving it. Simple. That's why. Right. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry, there's no E. It's down to me and visionary. Oh my God. Oh. Okay. I, okay. This is sudden death. So if one of us. Is that what the loser gets? If, <laughs> it's what the winner gets. If um, there's no film, you lose. If one gets one film and one gets two films, we lose. Uh, if there is a film, we put it to the vote as to which is the best film. I'm going to pick K. K. A risky move, in my opinion. Mm. No. No, Kay. No, Kay. Vision rate's down to you. You can do this. You can do this. And while you're doing it, we're going to get a nice close-up of, I'm guessing that's Yoko? Having, that's Yoko. Having a little wash. There's nothing better than watching a cat <laughs> wash. So we just, just, just get nice and calming. We're going to see the face of stress and we're going to see a cat having a wash. Here we go. Over to you, Visionary. Okay. I thought very carefully whilst you were talking. I'm going to go for G. You forget. <laughs> okay. There are two films with G. Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds version. Ooh. Yes, yes. And a classic Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Poitier. Oh, that was oh, one that would have won anyway. A great film. I think, I think if there, there's not much of a better film on this list than that. That is, mm -hmm. is the best. Now we get to look at um, Yoko having a wash. Kath, do your cats all start washing at the same time? Just check and see what Yoshi's doing. Oh, she's, she's heard you. Because uh -oh, mine, mine I, I will look down and I'll see George having a wash. Then I'll look Yoshi has also George. stopped, but there was jangling. I think he was yeah, My it. cats all, it's, it's bath time. And what is so lovely is when I go to bed, they all come up with me and they all have big boy sits um, 
by my feet on the left. Mucky sits on the other side of my legs at the end of the bed, and that's quite tense. Uh, Mucky. Lucky has started sleeping on the pillow next to me. George will often be in the bed, although sometimes he'll be in the laundry basket, and Pats goes wherever Pats wants to go. But it's magic, isn't it? It's the best thing. You did Can I just Jeff say that I'm Cam- disappointed that nobody picked P? Listen to these three oh, heavy Cam- hitters. still there, I forgot, sorry. Oh, listen, <laughs> listen to these three heavy hitters you could have had. Number one, Philadelphia. Number two, phone booth. Oh, I like phone booth. Number three, Premonition, a vastly underrated Sandra what's, Bullock film. What's Premonition? Oh, Okay. A suburban housewife races against time to prevent the death of her husband. It's a very it's really good film. Good. Yeah, that was a good film. So there you are. Here's what you could have won. Well, Visionary Soup, you won. You you get to keep all of the movies, but the decision is made <laughs> on probably Tuesday evening. Coherence mm-hmm. is going to be watched, and you're all welcome to join us if you have Amazon Prime. I am reminded, Catherine, of what I started talking about two hours ago when I went to Magnet Kitchen. Oh! <laughs> I, um, I only spoke about this on the um, Safe Space for White Men show. Um, oh, by the way, if someone wants to make... Can I have a link to that, by the way? Uh, if someone wants to make a T-shirt with a big G in the style of the Superman S... Um, I think that is great merch that we could also. I would love to see Gatford wearing wearing a, a Super G t shirt. If, if Liam if Liam is in the chat, Liam will make a t shirt of everything. Hence why I now have merch because Liam wanted it. Oh, beautiful! So, yeah, so Liam will make it. So I went to Magnet Kitchens, and Catherine very kindly came along with me because I can't choose any of that stuff. If you come and see my bathroom, as I believe Jimbo is going to be coming round for a coffee at some point. Oh. Um, it's it's just all white. It's all white because I went, yes, yeah, have it white. And then it got put in. I went, oh, it's all white. It's a bit. So I can't make these decisions. Uh, Jamal, thank you very much for the sub. So Catherine came. We booked a 90 minute session at um, Magnet and we walked on. Very warm greeting by the, the gentleman there. He said, oh, you've brought your own coffees. I'd have made you a coffee. Um, and then we sat with a woman. Let's call, let's call her Sharon. That wasn't her name. Um, and it was slightly odd because there's the Perspex glass, but that's fine. And I had measured my kitchen and done a drawing and sent it to her. And she had, um, I got all the measurements wrong. And I think I'd put the kitchen was like 440 centimetres long or something. And she'd looked at pictures and she'd made it right. And it was, it was up as a, a, um, a graph on, on the computer screen. And that was great. And then she said, right, what do you want from your kitchen? I said, I don't really know, really. She said, well, go and have a look around the shop, see what, what grabs you. So we walked around this rather small shop and looked at one, two, three, four, five kitchens. And I was thinking, right, well, when are they going to get the brochures out and show us the brochures? And they they didn't. They didn't have any brochures. So I picked a kitchen and went, well, I quite like that one. And we're then talking about the colour. She goes, all right, well, let's we'll go and design that. So she was designing it. And then we had to go out for 20 minutes because it took so long. And uh, we came back and she said, right, well, here's your kitchen. And she showed you this computer-rated design, showed us the kitchen. And she said, and here's, here's the bill. And this is where it started to get a little bit fruity, right? Um, and she'd been no help in choosing the kitchen. And you've got these five to choose from. So we got the bill. And I'd said that we we're on a budget. So we've got quite a tight budget. And the bill for the kitchen, including installation, was £22,000, right? That was the bill. Well, wait, Alistair, wait. And then next to it was a a column that said, after promotion, 
£12,500. And I'm thinking, I'm not some blind old woman that you're trying to sell double glazing to. You know the thing where they go, well, let me just phone my manager. What? Really? We can take £2,500 off. He's never... I'm thinking, I'm not... Don't Please don't pull this promotion crap on me. And um, it was about 3,800 to get their installers to do it. And I said, this is, even this 12 and a half thousand is way over my budget. Um, but let's, let's try and size it down a bit. First of all, let's take off your builders because I'll get my own builders in. And it, so it's 12 and a half thousand pounds. And she took off the three and a half thousand pounds for the builders. And suddenly the whole kitchen was 8,000 pounds. And I was like, um, but you took off three and a half thousand pounds. That should be nine thousand pounds. And she said, "Oh yeah, um, but because you're not using our builders, we swallow some of the price of the kitchen." Yeah, she started talking about something called the margin. We work on the basis of a margin, and so um, yeah, because you're not having the builder, we're allowed to um, give you more of a discount. And I looked at Catherine. And if, if we if this had been a radio interview, Catherine would have given me the hand to say, leave it. And I looked at it and I said, can you explain that again? What, surely if we're not using your builders, the, the, the kitchen would, would be the same price or possibly even more expensive. Oh, no, no, no. We, we swallow it. It's the margin. And I said, look, I, I really don't want to use the word scam, but this sounds like a scam that... If we and I, I couldn't get my head around it, and so we kind of I did feel a bit bad because we kind of walked out kind of laughing, and, and I think we were slightly disrespectful, but they had wasted 90 minutes of our time. And then she sent me an email later on saying, I probably wasn't clear, this is how it works, and it just made it more muddied and confused. But I wrote back saying, Okay, well, thanks for explaining it, that that makes that, that makes sense, didn't make any sense at all. It was the weirdest thing, and it was a waste of. of time because first of all the measurements were to cock that was my fault oh she also said oh you have chosen the most expensive kitchen is that what she said it. after she'd allowed us to go through yeah. the whole thing yeah she said you have chosen the most expensive kitchen and i think and i didn't say anything but i thought i, I did say as we started that, that this we're on quite a tight budget and at no point did she say okay you've chosen that that is a great kitchen in fact that's our best and it's our most expensive we've got these other two this is the mid price and this is the cheapest, just yeah. so you know. It was when we were sat there looking at the bill going, well, I can't afford this. This is a waste of time. Um, but it was, uh, Caterfer used to be, I think, a kitchen designer. Why don't they just give you the best price straight away? That's what we used to do. Couldn't be asked with haggling. Um, it is the kind of situation my dad would have gone, all right, what's the best deal for cash? And actually, I'm starting to think that was probably a good thing to ask. We could have played yeah. that game of going, Except okay. They're not what? really interested in you paying it all off straight away. Like, what they want yeah. is to get you on the never-never because what they're mm. really selling, it's like with cars these days, yeah. they're not interested in you giving them a deposit. They want you to take out a loan, essentially. That's what it is. It's all about finance. Just to get the interest commission. They, they do it as well as like a shock tactic. Um, I used to sell beds at places like the Ideal Home Exhibition and you do it first as like a shock tactic. And people are so shocked by the time you've got the price back down, they're so relieved, they yeah. go for it. It's exactly it. I said to Ian, I said, that's what it's all about. It's to make you feel like they're doing you a favour, but you'll still be paying more yeah. than you were prepared to go when you went in there. But because yeah. it feels like they've taken 12 grand off for you, you think, 
wow, actually, um, maybe my they almost feel screwing. obliged. Yeah, yeah, they almost feel obliged to sort of go with it because you've spent so much time getting the price down. Yeah, and a lot of people did do it. Back in the day when I was earning TV money, I, ne- I only ever had one flash car, and that was when I was insane on cocaine, and it was. Uh, it, it was it, it was I don't I was insane and I, I bought a really expensive car that caused a lot of problems but normally I'd just go and buy like a, a second-hand golf that was my my car of choice a second-hand golf and once I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna buy myself a brand new golf a brand mm. new, pointless because it was not as good as the one I just sold uh, anyway and um so I said right I'll have I'll have that one I'll have that golf I don't know 12,000 pounds whatever it was I'm not sure and they said okay well let's go in and, and okay so let's talk about the finance deal. I said, oh, no, 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 I've got my switch card. I'll put it on that. This is, you know, TV days. Sorry. I put it on my switch card. I'll pay for it now. No, no, no. What we can do is we can do a finance deal where it's... And I said, no, I don't want it. I, I just want to pay it. And I'm done. She said, well, the benefits of that, I said, honestly, I just want to pay for it right now. And I thought they'd be grateful, but she was really pissed off because obviously they get their commission from that. That's yeah, how the company makes their money. And... Yeah. Oh man, to be able to afford to do that now on my switch card, imagine. Plus, also, imagine. does anyone have a switch card anymore? No, you <laughs> no. don't have switches anymore. But or solo. Back in yeah. the day, um, all, all money. Um, but yeah, it was a real. Oh God, it was. I mean, the, the, the kitchen is probably. I mean, certainly that kitchen is out of range. And a few people have said IKEA kitchens. David Turner's is a computer aided designer, and he said he'd do it for me. But. Um, he also sent me. I show. You, I should be able to show you this. Um, you know full well there would be a webcam built into that kitchen. <laughs> well, he probably <laughs> he probably secretes himself in there. You know how good he yeah. is. You open a cupboard and there's David Turns. <laughs> I'm going to show the box of cornflakes on his head. Flooring. Um, I can't show you guys on um, Zoom the first picture. Um, but let's let me just hang on a minute. Let me I just show clean. You. Clean the glasses. I do apologise. Um, so let me just show the people at home what David Turner's looks like. All right, uh, he's and I, I. He got upset today because I said to him, "Have you ever considered having your adenoids removed?" And he oh. said, "What are adenoids?" And I said, "Oh, it's just if you've got a funny voice, you know, as you have." Yeah. So that's David Turner's, right? And um, he then sent me a picture of um, the troublesome trucks from. Thomas the Tank Engine. And <laughs> let me just make myself full screen. Um, and he looks exactly like the troublesome truck. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. Oh, yeah. Exactly <laughs> like him. Let me see if I can get them both up. And um, I think the, com- I I think the computer oh. game show needs to change their thumbnail. <laughs> I went. I went off him after. Let me see if I can get it up on the. By the way, David Turner says that's libel. First rule of libel: first defence is that it's true. Second, that it's fair comment. So, and thirdly, that it was made without malice. So, uh, we'll see you in court, and you'll be paying costs, mate. Uh, Let's see if I can bring these uh, two wonderful. Uh, images um, together. By the way, I don't think we're going to go behind the paywall tonight. I hope that's okay with you guys. I'm having uh, I'm having fun. We will wrap it up shortly because these pills are starting to wear off. And um... uh, on, a, on a serious note, did you get a fact sheet about venaflaxin? Because if not, I can get you one. I'm not on venaflaxin. Sorry, not venaflaxin. Sorry. Uh, what was the thing you were on? Elvans. Elvans. 
Yeah, but it, you get one anyway, Gatford. I just just for some reason. Yeah, it's just that I in my previous job I used to give people leaflets for that. Oh, what for that drug? Yeah, Elvance, and for the one that you said it was. Can may, may I ask? I'm happy to talk about my side of it freely. May I ask? Well, I I, I worked in administration in an ADHD clinic, so I'm not a clinician. I have no clinical knowledge, but I used to speak to people with ADHD, book appointments, deal with families all the time. And obviously I had to pick up some knowledge along the way. Um, I used to deal with people with autism and ADHD and they were very different. Autistics would love an email. ADHD would hate an email. Mm. Uh, and there were things like that. Generalisations, obviously. but yes, Very that, general. That, that and it's because I was working in admin and it was, you know, you, you dealt in generalisations. But obviously I used to, and that's why I said the thing about Kent earlier, because we used to do our clinics in Kent. And one of our clinicians used to joke that they should just release a, a cloud of medication over Kent. There were so many people with ADHD in it um, and it would help. Send and, me anything uh, you've got. I, I, I can, obviously I could probably yeah, Google it. I'll, I, will, I'll, I will Google it. I always Google the drugs um, sure. that I take these days. But yeah, send over anything you've got. And this may not be the drug is it, is it Is it Elvance XL, if I remember rightly? Is it? There's no XL here. There's no XL. There are, there are different ones, so I'll send you both. I'm on 30 um, milligrams, and I, honestly, it's making my eyes quite blurry. Yeah, and the sweating, I, I seem to remember, but I'll get the leaflets over because my memory is not... I'm in a different, I'm in a different world now, so I don't want to give you wrong information. The, Have you uh, got any actual drugs, Gary, to say? To say? <laughs> the, we're, oh. in the, we're in the Gatverse now. We are in the only, only what I take, and I need them, so no, you can't have them. <laughs> It's a funny old world. I remember um, years ago, years ago, if you were in NA or AA, I don't know if you ever encountered this, Alistair. I think it's much better now. But I remember it was either me or someone else said they were on antidepressants and someone in the room went tutted. And there were there used to be some real hardcore people, particularly in, in um, NA, that you cannot be on any drug. You cannot be on any mood altering substance where of course it, it actually in in the aa big book i guess in the end it says um often we are prescribed medication we listen to our doctor and we are not here to give medical advice and we we, we listen to the advice of our doctor but there were some people that you know you can't do that and i remember being in saa sex addicts anonymous which is a very strange fellowship and there's not a lot of recovery and it's a very new fellowship and there was a guy in there that that had quite a lot of clean time around this kind of stuff and that was very rare and i was really impressed and i phoned him up and said i would love you to be my sponsor he said ian I, I, that would be my honor you have to stop taking your antidepressants and i said so, sorry he said you have to top, stop taking your antidepressants it's about humility and you cannot be humble if you're on antidepressants now, what I should have said was, oh, fuck off, you silly sod. You know, you, you're not a doctor. You're not. And I, all I did was I went, OK, well, I'll think about it. And I ended the phone call. And, and there are people out there giving that kind of dangerous advice. My um, sponsor at the moment is brilliant. And um, he knows the medication I'm on. Actually, I need to tell him about this. And he says, you know, it, it's not up to me. So listen to your doctor. You you will know if you're taking stuff because you want to take stuff and you have to trust yourself on that. And you can always talk to me about it if you're unsure. He said, but listen, listen to your doctor. That's that that's mm. what it's about. Mm. You know? I, you I'm always that? very clear when I say to people I work in mental health, that's why I always say I'm not a clinician. Yeah. But listen, I'm not whatever I say isn't medical advice. I can only talk from my own experience and it probably 
most likely won't work or, you know, is the opposite for you. Mm. And I'm very quick to say that because otherwise people will, and I have had people come out, oh, well, you said, you said I should get a referral to this and it was rubbish. I said, no, I suggested mm. it's up to you. Mm. Um, and that's the beauty of the 12 steps. It's all suggestions. It's all suggestions. There's no instructions. I mean, sometimes it will be, I very strongly suggest you go to a meeting, but that's it, Alistair, isn't it? It's, there's no, mm. and that's what makes it so beautiful and why, why so many people stay is it's not you need to do this and you have to do this. It's I suggest you go to meetings. I suggest you get a sponsor. I suggest you start doing the steps. That's it. Yeah, the loveliest thing about it is the fact that, you you know, I've probably said it before, but... It's the first time in any kind of situation you find yourself in life where you you join a group of people and there's absolutely no judgment mm. about what you've done, why you're there, what you want. You know, there's no, like, heavy membership form you have to go through and, you know, where you're from, why you're here and all that nonsense. All you have to say is, I've got, a, you know, I want to give up alcohol or whatever it may be. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking or in, or in NA to uh, stop using. Talk, Charlie says, talking steps. To... I need to go up mine and go to the loo, so I wish you a good okay. night. Thank you very much. Please, please there, do Gary. disconnect. We don't need okay, to Charlie says, what's a sponsor? A sponsor is someone who is uh, who is further down the line uh, than you are, preferably someone who's completed all 12 steps. Although my sponsor is suggesting once I've completed step nine, I can start putting my hand up in meetings when they say, uh, if anybody is available to sponsor, put your hands up, please. That would be amazing. Um, but it is a spon my, sponsors are incredible. You go, don't want to go on a complete 12 step thing. We'll stop in a second. But they give their time freely. I can phone my guy anytime I want. And if he's around, he'll take the phone call. If he's not, he will phone me back as soon as he can. And I can say anything. We completed, Alistair, my step four and five. And I had six people. And I said, oh, these are kind of the leftovers. These are not really big ones. And three of those people, you tick boxes of, of how they impact on your life. And three of those people, I ticked every single box. And um, it was powerful stuff. You have a you have mm -hmm. your, your defects of character have scores as to where you you and, and then he said go home and look at your assets. I want you to write down your assets. And I told him I'd done it, and he sent me a text saying, "That's it. You've done the hard stuff. It gets easier from now on." It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, hang on to everything in because yeah. uh, I found recently I may have mentioned it that a friend of mine who was a very close friend um did uh kind of uh reject me you know when i was drinking and um i had done the 12 steps but then i suddenly became very resentful about this friend again mm. thinking that you know he'd uh you know not been very tolerant and all this and of course you know it's nothing to do with him in a way it's about me and how i process that and i should be saying well look I understand why he did that, and you know that's in the past, and we we look forward now. We look forward. There we go. There's, there's, there's. I don't want to wang on about it too much, but it saved my life and it changed my life, and I got my nine month chip yesterday, which is great. Ding, 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 awesome. ding. Well done. All right, um, Alistair, Visionary, Liam, and Dave. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to say goodbye to you now. I will ask you to leave right. because I, if I do do it, I have yeah. to end up reporting you for racism, which is not. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. See you later, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See ya.
Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Liam. Oh, there we go. It's the duo, the dynamic duo. Katarina Boylski. Yeah. I kind of feel that we're done. I'm feeling very, very tired now. My stomach's rumbling. I didn't have any tea. Did you not? You got anything in? Yeah. You know what you got? What are you going to have? I can't have them now, though. Well, actually, it's only quite 20 Do whatever nine. you want to do. It's, I've, got, um, I've got a Charlie Bigman's meatballs. I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds, you know, like, a Charlie pro- sounds Bigham. like a program on Men and Motors. No, Charlie Bigham, them, them posh um, ready meals in the um, bamboo Oh, yeah. Cozy, thank you for the sub. I've got, um, I've got some meatballs and there's pasta and sauce in it as well, so I might have some of that. Dutty. That's Dutty naughty, though, isn't it? That's Dutty. naughty. Um, no. Who cares? Who cares? I'm the grown-up in this house. He's going to stop me. They're not going to dob me in. Uh, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed, I think. This is this pillar's worn off, mm. uh, uh, worn off, and I am shattered. Do you know what I might do? I might have a drive and just see what the situation is at the garage. But what about your... Oh, your kids aren't there, are they? No. Go and do what you want. Go and have a little... Go and have I might go to the club. <laughs> There's a club... Uh, near me in Aylesbury. What's it called? Niche. 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 We, we've got to go there one night. I said it as a joke, but actually it could be hilarious. That would be, it'll be great fun. We'll just go and tell them all off for being so naughty. <laughs> yeah. Naughty, naughty people. Thank you, Catherine. It's always a pleasure. I'm sorry we didn't get to see each other today. That's all right. What are you doing tomorrow? What's to, Oh, it's um, Littland's birthday. Party. Um, yeah, party 4.30 to 7.30. 7.30, I'm free as a bird. Beautiful. I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Sunday, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read about counselling. I'm going to listen to some music because Monday I have my first ever client as a counsellor. And... Um, oh, Charlie's going to Tenerife tomorrow. Good for you. Um, and I feel all right about it now. I, I felt really nervous all week. I feel all right about it now. One of my um, colleagues at college, she's getting her first two clients on Tuesday. So we're going to have a little Zoom on Sunday night, about eight o'clock, just to kind of check in and, and give each other a little pep talk and see if we have any tips for each other. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big, big thing. Thing. Yeah. Someone is coming to see me because they need help. That's weird, man. That's weird. But it'll be, I, I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I think you're going to be brilliant. I think it'll be, I don't know, brilliant, but I, I think it will be. I was reading, I was reading a really good book about um, kind of starting and, this guy said, when I when I started, I thought I was going to be brilliant and amazing and I was going to solve everyone's problems. And um, it took me ages to realise not everyone's going to like me that I, I it's not about solving everyone's problems and um you know that it's it's not always going to work out and that's okay that's okay um so we'll see we'll see how it goes there will be streams next week i don't quite know the schedule i'll have yet i'll have a little look i think tuesday night we will watch um coherence uh, so if you've got amazon prime you can join me on twitch we'll watch coherence it's a great film I wanted to watch a crap film, but actually it's a really, really good film. So we'll watch that. And I might do a couple of um, late night kind of streams. I might do a little radio show without any pictures. Catherine, you're welcome to join on any of those. Um... Well, evenings are not a problem. It's just the mornings that have been kiboshed by the hand of justice. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll, well, I'm sure. Well, I'm, I will be around. Uh, it would be great to have you around for any that you can do. That would be yeah. delightful. 
Um, and I might stream some N64 because I got my cables that I need. Despite the fact Nintendo have said they're going to release a load of N64 games on the Switch. So all the money mm. I've spent, didn't need to spend really. But there you go. Thank you, everybody. How are you feeling about the jury, Catherine? Bit concerned about it because I've got to go. I have to go. Yeah. I've had a conversation with one of my neighbours who said that um, a lad he worked with was on jury service. And the thing I was worried about that might happen happened to him, which was if you've got to use public transport, which I'm going to do, people intimidating juries, jurors. But apparently um, when that happened, the uh, lad told the, told the judge or the person who was sort of, the jury wrangler, mm. and they <laughs> and they arrange for him to be picked up and dropped off by. Oh, camp. say it's happening then! I'll I'll um, push you over in a balaclava or something. <laughs> you get chauffeur driven. But yeah, let's see, let's see. It's not necessarily the entrance and the exits I'm worried about, Gafford. It's the walking to to and from the trains in the morning. Yeah, so evening. good luck with your half marathon. That's a real that's a real challenge. Good luck for that. Um, when I was a kid, I remember saying to my mum about news readers i said are they not because they talk about murders and crimes and stuff i'd say are they not scared of like getting murdered if they're going on and saying there was a murder today in south london a young woman was found um or, or they'd announced that someone had been arrested or sent to prison i said are they not scared that they might get killed for that and my mum went don't be so silly um and i was thinking actually jill dando of course mm. was that kind of thing that was that well, was huge and you, so peculiar. Yeah, and I um, worked at Crime Watch on the reconstruction. It was a year after her murder. Oh. So um, I was lucky to be with her friends, the wow. people that worked with her who loved her. And um, also, uh, you know, we went to the you know, to Scotland Yard and stuff and we went down to the shooting gallery and we looked at the Did bullets. Did you see the and... Black Museum? No. See the Black Museum, but there yeah, is it's, a, it's a real thing. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But it was fascinating. But I do remember when they arrested Barry George Balsara, um, thinking that's not that's not the story we were telling. We were telling that the story of yeah. We were telling An the story of ball. yeah. We were telling the story of uh, potentially a hit squad at one point. You know, we were telling the story of a man in a Mac, you know, someone who seemed to have been doing a professional job. Serbian hitman was one of the Well, stories. yeah, because there had been a, a an airstrike, I believe, on the national radio, uh, national television centre in, yeah, right. Serbia. And uh, there was talk of um, a kind of revenge attack. You took out our Jill Dando, we'll take out yours. That. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's actually any... a really good documentary that they put out recently. I think by the BBC. Um, fascinating, and it went over all that. And I went, I didn't imagine it. We were telling a different story. Yeah. I don't buy any of that paedophile stuff. That 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 that, that story. I, I mean, uh, you know the story about that. I don't want to. Mm, yeah. You I know do. the story that that apparently one of a, a famous friend was a paedophile, and that and she was getting too close to this. I don't. I don't buy that. Um. But what I can tell you was that woman was loved. People that worked with yeah, her yeah. absolutely adored her. And yeah. uh, Nick Ross was obviously still very upset and frightened by it yeah. um, when, when I was working with them. It, and uh, people were. It was terrifying. Such a big story. And and um, who was that who was asked for that 
hang on a second. Tweety Bird. Yeah, you're right. The, the one thing I remember, and I've never been able to find the press cuttings of it. It was it was the biggest story for six months mm. and every little sniff that they could get. And the one of the people I remember was they found a guy hiding in a skip at the end of the road the day of the murder. Tall, thin guy. Mm-hmm. And they took him in for questioning, as you would. And he was a fantasist who said he was, his name was like Lord Jones or something. Um, and he'd also been found at the scene of at least one other murder. But it was just, it was purely coincidence. It, I, I can't really remember it, but he was mm-hmm. found hiding in a skip. It was... Um, it was such it was such a, a big story and such a strange story that the two murders of young women that really um, hit me. And I think Jill Dando, I think I was what year would that have been? Ninety nine. Yeah, I think uh, ninety eight. Ninety. I know I qualified in two thousand. Yeah, it might have been ninety nine, ninety eight. I, I think I was at the eleven o'clock show um, with that. And the other one was when because it was young. after Diana. It was those Diana and then Jill Dando. That was it. That was it. Um, the, the other one was Susie Lamplew. And I remember that because I was a kid. But I mean, I'm going to say that was 83. I don't quite know. And um, I mean, that was that was remarkable. Mr. Kipper was the thing. And I think they I think they think they know who did it. I'm sure that there is um, that there there was someone in prison for Mm. murder who kind of said, yeah, I did that. I'm sure they know who did it. I think he's dead now, but they never had the evidence to to prosecute or anything. Mm. Um, But. Gosh, those two were, were huge stories. But also the cross-referencing was still not up to par. I know that they'd introduced homes after the the system homes, they call it, um, after the um, Yorkshire, Ripper. Yorkshire Ripper because they were working it on was cards a roller at decks, one point. Yeah, there were roller decks in different buildings and yes. no, cro- no communication. So now, But that still wasn't perfect when they were investigating Jill, Jill uh, Dando's murder. So I think that um, Barry George had come up a few different times. He was just um, an oddball, you know. And yeah, and there were and loads the of thing. them. I remember speaking to the police at the time and they said, you know, we also have to look at the possibility that it was a stalker. But there were loads of candidates. He said, if we put a circle around that area of Fulham, um, there were loads of them within that within that place that were, you know, that poor bloke. You know, pictures of her and all sorts. You know, yeah. they're frightening enough and who had made contact. But the other thing was, what, did, what was I about to say then? Um, oh, I can't remember. There was, there was another, something else. There, there was, was another murder, else. Rachel Nickell. And I think part of the reason, Jill Dando to one side, that her and Susie Lamplow got such attention because they were, they were very attractive white women. And I do think there is an element of, of that about the stories that take. Um, and there was a guy that got sent to prison for that. And he was entrapped, wasn't he, by a mm. female police officer mm-hmm. because he liked, I think, quite violent fantasy sex. Right, OK. And, um, she, and she met with him and sort of the suggestion is, or the, the reason why it got overturned was that she had um goaded him into she saying that he liked him, yeah. it yeah she'd um encouraged him or more than encouraged him she it's almost as if she'd said first do you he like, suggested do you like it. violent knife sex yes i yeah. do okay we're gonna you know um yeah but then it is it is interesting that god we're going off on some tangents listen to this after you, you, you know exactly why it is they buckle of drugs and not off on this is what i was like in the 90s and early 2000s is talking about this um I'll be really interested to know how it goes as someone who's never done jury service. And I think I don't know. Oh, someone's entering the waiting room that we don't know. I'm just going to change the shot. Let's see what we got. I'm just, let's see who we got. 
Indonesia. Hello, Indonesia. Uh, if, if, if we get a load of racist abuse, I'm going to stop the stream, so this may be goodbye. Indonesia, unmute, please. Indonesia, unmute, please. Indonesia, unmute, please. This is exciting. Hello, Indonesia. This is really tense, Beastie Boy. You're absolutely right. It's either a really shy person or we're going to see a peen. Either way, quid's in. Might be a shy peen. Could be a shy... We've all had that. We've all had that. Indonesia. Okay, I'm going to um, remove you. I'm going to report you to Zoom. There we go. They're gone. On that bombshell. Um, yeah, good luck with it. I can understand, I can understand your fears, and I think it is, it's, it's right to be cautious. I'm hoping you just get um, like a shoplifter or something. And you're I think doing that right. goes to Crown Court necessarily. Oh, okay. Um, I'm hoping Indonesia is out. Indonesia, thank you. Sit oh, stands. I remembered what I was going to say to you about the final th thought on the um, Jill Dando thing. Yes, go on. I didn't know this at the time, and maybe because they were still sitting on things um, during the reconstruction. Because what they didn't want is for people to accumulate all the information and so when someone rang up with extra information you could tell mm. if someone knew something this was when you were on crime watch yeah yeah um she wasn't living at that place in fulham it was a really it was unusual for her to be there so that was the thing an opportunist with a gun there was a suggestion they got the wrong person as well i remember that yeah. theory i mean every theory you can think of was floating around but that was one that was pursued for a while yeah but it was that thing of because i assumed as everyone did that that was her flat she wasn't living there at the time she was going back to visit there you know very sporadically so it just felt more organized than um than some loner and also a random attack that no one heard or saw mm. nah. Nah. Maybe, we, maybe we can solve it they'd crimped the bullet as well they'd they'd kind of modified it so. and that was where the theory that it was a hitman a yeah hitman, I mean, it's such a romantic term for, for someone who's paid to murder people but that it was a professional yeah because the bullet had been um been, tampered with yeah they it, they thought it might have been a decommissioned um gun that had been redone and, so that's and then why you you can't you know i can fall slightly down the conspiracy theory that um, it, it's so odd that nothing was seen, nothing was heard. No one knows anything. I mean, I know there has been talk recently of a, of a van, a particular mm. van, I think. Is kind there of was a Range Rover that we mentioned in the reconstruction. Mm. Um, maybe it was that. I thought there was something new had come up, but maybe that was something different. But, you know, you, you can see why people fall down the conspiracy theory of, well, the police know who did it. They just, they just it's, you know, it's, it's connected to the government or it's connected to the BBC. So we'll... Mm. We'll never know, and um, I don't know. It's uh, that was huge, and that was was strange. And and I remember I was working in TV, and I, I wasn't that bothered. But there was, I, 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 maybe we were spoken to from Channel Four about security and stuff. Actually, I do remember 
that the 11 o'clock show kind of started before the internet was really a thing. And I remember that there was like a sort of GeoCities forum where I was getting slagged off all the time. Um, but we would get mail. And the mail was always, well, I didn't know this. We'd get fan mail. And it was always lovely. It was always lovely. And I didn't realise that they were going through our fan mail to make sure it was always lovely. And me and Daisy saw a, a pile of letters to us on a table once. Went, oh, we'll have a look at this. This is obviously the stuff that they, they withhold from us. And we opened one letter, and I think it may have been written in green, green ink, but it said, it started off saying, I think your show is great and you're both really good. What I'd love to do is I'd love to kidnap you, inject you with AIDS, take you to an island and fuck you both and shoot you. Whoa! We never opened any more mail after that. that hadn't Why would been. he do that after he'd injected you with AIDS? <laughs> that hadn't been, um, that hadn't like, been filtered through. I miss letters. I miss I miss letters from lunatics, no, no, emails and tweets. I don't think there was something special about someone being so incensed or so upset or so aroused that they would go um, and find a piece of paper. They would find a pen. They would write. They would put it in an envelope. They'd get a stamp. They'd find the address. Yeah. You know, that's an involved operation. Yeah. Because with an email, you can fire one off in a second and then immediately regret it, right, and not yeah. be able to retract it. But, yeah, there's an extra amount of calculation that is involved with a letter that means that they really meant that. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's a special... Do you remember those ones we used to get our drawings on? Oh, like on purple paper yeah. from a woman who hated you. Yeah. You had ruined me. Yeah. Chance to be a fine thing. No, but you would ruin my career and you would ruin... And, it was and all, I, was it, try, I was trying to usurp you. That was it, yeah. And it was all... It was about six, seven sheets of, of kind of tiny writing and big writing and illustrations and it, it, it made no... I wish I'd kept some of those. And um, it was, uh, yeah, that was that was very weird. I, yeah. I remember on LBC, we had a, a funny, slightly bonkers caller. This was when I was a little bit um, less kind to people who were perhaps operating on a slightly different um, level to, to to everyone else. And um, there was what there was a crazy old woman, and she would phone up me. She would smoke, and it was it was quite funny. And then she phoned up one day to say that she was sat in front of the mirror naked and she was masturbating. And she said, but you know that. I said, I, I don't know that. She said, yeah, of course you do, because you told me to. <gasps> I said, um, I don't think it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know this, right? Um, that you're talking to me, right? And I said, well, yeah, I'm talking to you in the way I'm talking to. She says, okay, well, tell me this is wrong, right? Every time I have a cigarette, you start talking about cigarettes. Tell me that you're not talking to me then. I went, I'm really sorry. I'm not. We never let her on again. That was. That no, was... that's too much. But that's quite. Well, I was not going to say common, but well, you I've know heard that. Another one. Yeah. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. And I had one um, when I was at Three Counties who used to um, was sure that I was talking to him. Um, and he started hanging around the station. Didn't know what I looked like, though. Oh, and you, you didn't you walk past him once and he didn't know it was was you that got quite nasty didn't I'm it? not sure I'm not sure whether I ever walked past him but I know he, he used to you know he obviously you know wasn't the clearest of thinkers because he would turn up way after my shift and stuff you know it, it, but um it was always a concern and you know I've told you before and, and this will be no news to 
women in the chat and a lot of men I guess who work funny hours is that you always kind of plan your escape route so when I would drive past I would drive in a way that meant that I could see into the car park before I drove in there and I'd always want to be able to see the door and stuff and when you know that someone is actually looking for you it always is something that runs across your mind at four o'clock in the morning when you're turning up to work and you're going into an empty building. It, it, when it, I, it really was frightening. And the, actually, the boss at the time got the police in and they and they reassured me a lot. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you are on your own. When I joined Three Counties, you were still in the building at LBC, uh, uh, in Luton. Yeah. And it was great because the car park was right next door. You could park up. I think there may have even been motion lights. I can't remember. Yeah. And it was a very quick walk round to the door and you get buzzed in, uh, I think. I can't quite remember. And you were in. That was yeah. it. It was very and you could journey. see around. Really? It wasn't great, but it was, it was, it was actually, you know, for, for the job we have to get in at four o'clock, it was probably as good as it could get. And then we moved to Dunstable. Yeah, and there was a, a, a passageway that we we kind of comically dubbed Rape Alley. Oh, I meant it. And it was you, you had to park in a car park, um, and you had to cross a road. It's a car park sort of behind everything, so it was kind of private. Then you had to cross a road, and then we had to walk down. What I don't know, a fifty foot. I, I don't quite remember. Yeah, it was, but it's one of those situations that once once you were in, you were not safe until you were out again. You know, and if mm. someone were to corner you in there. You had to and wait for a big gate to swing open that took like 20 seconds before you could get through it. And it, yeah. you were, I say you, one, I know it's slightly different for women, but I was fucking scared of it as well. No, well, I was always thrilled, you know, when, when I spoke to you about it, because I said we had a female boss at the time. Didn't care. And well, she just said, well, you can go around the back. And I went, yeah, but that again, we're going into a locked compound. Yeah. You're assuming that there's no one's going to follow me in there. I'm not safe until I get through the door into work. Um, but we just started turning up at the same time, didn't we? Walking yeah. each other in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, and they didn't care. And you do think, you know, um, on like country roads and stuff, where you see the red triangular sign, which is like slow, which is not an order, it's a suggestion or a bend, right? They only get put there when two people die. This mm. is that those things aren't there because it's bendy. It takes two fatal accidents for those things to get put there. And, and I do think that the same thing would have happened there. It would have taken a physical assault for something to have been done about it. You know, Dunstable, yeah. it's, it, it's not, you know, not quite as rough as Luton, but it, it, it ain't the nicest place no. in the world. And people hate the BBC. You know, people really are very angry, more so now, actually, God, with the it's, BBC. Well, yeah, and it's a different proposition. You know, when you're talking to someone who comes in at, half 10 11 o'clock or nine o'clock even nine o'clock right when the world is awake it's a different you're talking about a different picture and I think unless you've done that walk mm. at five in the morning four or five in the morning you don't really understand what, what just how flipping terrifying it is and how that car park was in as you say was enclosed mm. So it wasn't like the other one where I would have to drive past the front door, see into the car park, go around into the car park. And I knew that it was pretty clear. You know, I knew that there were people down the street. I knew um, that one in Dunstable, you really were just um, you you'd take your keys, Wolverine them and just leg it. And that's, you know, we're saying that and we're smiling and that sounds funny, but it's fucking horrible. No one should have to be in fear of being attacked on their way to work. You know, that shouldn't. But And, you know, there was you, there was no consideration uh, given to that that dangerous element. It's just like run, you know, just just run, and it'll yeah. be done quickly. I felt like It'll I was moaning fun. about it, you know. Yeah, 
It's outrageous. There was also talk when we first moved there, oh, there'll be security there watching the cameras yeah. all the time. No, they bloody won't. There was a milkman. They were often, because there was a, I think there was a dairy there or something, wasn't there? They were often loading up milk floats or something, something was, yeah. was going on. But it was, uh, it was horrible. It was horrible, that place. I don't miss that. I, I enjoyed certain elements of the show. I remember getting very upset um, doing closed schools because of the snow. Mm. And I remember just thinking, fucking hell, this is... I used to work with Ali G and I'm doing schools that are closed because of the snow. I'm doing that. And I did... Um, but we made it work. We made it work when I finally bullied you into becoming my producer. The best mm. thing was the, the Saturday afternoon... Was Saturday? The rabbit it? hole, yeah. The rabbit hole, and we only did six of those before I mistakenly stood up for um, gay people and got the sack. Um, we only did six of those, and that I would suggest is the freest I have ever been on the radio. Where we would take in a bag of—I had it as part of my renewal contract that we got to do this show. We didn't get paid very much for it. I don't think you even got paid for it. I'm not, I, I, you were probably didn't. I didn't get much for it. No. Um, but we could go in, and for two hours, we could do whatever we want. We took in a bag bag of records. I had my iPod, and we would just play whatever. And Catherine would play a song, and I go, "Oh, well, that guitar bit reminds me of this." And boom, boom, boom. Mm. And it was the freest thing. Um, I've ever. Gap and the callers said, were, were were encouraged to ring up and interrupt. Do you remember? Yeah. And that was it. They, we just opened the lines, and if they could hear us, they were on the radio. That was yeah. it. Gapford says your best three CR um, interview was um, uh, a fake university. Um, Havard. Havard. What was her name? Because if she was called uh, Beloved Powerful, um, Tina. Tina Beloved Powerful. She, Pete, I think, sent me. Um, I think someone sent me. I think it was Pete. She's back in the news. She is back in the news. Um, oh, and of course I cannot find it, but she, there is. she's doing the same thing, I think, in Nigeria. Um, and what it was, she'd set up a school in um, Milton Keynes called Havard University or College or something. Business School. Havard Business School, right? And was she suing Harvard or Harvard yes. suing her? No, I think Harvard had told her to cease and desist, but she did a counterclaim, I think. Yeah, so Harvard sued her. Said, well, you can't call yourself Havard, it's too close to us. And she sued them. She made out that it was her dad's name or something, didn't she? She won. Do you remember? She won. Yeah. She got a payout. It was like 750 quid. But she beat Harvard. Um, the, the, and she would come in. I fucking love those interviews. Maybe we'll find one next week and play it. And she would come in, I think, with her son. And we Wasn't would... her husband? I thought it was her son, but you could be right. And we go, how can you do this? And she would just, she wouldn't buckle. She, she doubled was, down. She tripled she down. She doubled down. And we all respected her so much. It was so funny. And it was just um, amazing. Maybe we'll, um, Matty will have those somewhere. Matty has do you remember, one of those. Do you remember when Justin went to um, see her and she was having some kind of big meeting and she wouldn't speak to him until he'd eaten some chicken? She kind of bullied him into oh, partaking oh, in the buffet. yeah. My favourite interview was, the favourite one I can remember, is Poppy Day. And, oh, God. Um, there's always that thing of should, should we get pop, should we get pop, should we be forced into buying poppies, you know. How, you know. And we had this really old, I'm going to call him a colonel, this really old guy with the big, thick, twirly moustache, very, very old man. And he came in to advocate 
buying poppies. You know why we should? Of course, poppies are a great thing, and um, you know they're a great thing because. So we were on his side. Yeah, but <laughs> what I found out was um, on the way downstairs to the studio, he bullied one of the people that worked at the station into buying a poppy, and I think giving a fiver. And um, I dared to put forward the um, premise of the white poppy. And also that some people, you know, that some people don't want to buy a poppy. Because, or some he, people don't want to they make a donation but don't want to wear one. Yeah, and he, he was furious. And I think that possibly holds the, the record for the longest silence yeah. in an interview because he stared at me and I stared at him and I was thinking, this is one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, I wonder if that's on YouTube. I also loved the guy who wouldn't send his kid to school because he thought that she would get Embola. Oh, he was the prepper. Turns yeah. out he was right about the prepping, though, not the Embola, but he was he was right about the, the prepping. I bet he <laughs> sailed through lockdown. And also I enjoyed the sparky conversation with the mum who was leading a revolt against the school because they'd all sent their kids into school not wearing the, the uniform as suggested and the girls' skirts were all too short. And like about, if I remember rightly, about 30 girls from the entire year got sent home and the mums were furious. And you said, but they told you how long the skirts had to be, right? And they told you where to get them from. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said, well, then... Them's the rules, and we got the um, the head teacher on. <laughs> you Them's agreed with her, and they did not expect that. I think they brought us the story, thinking that it would be you know David versus Goliath, and yeah. actually, we we kind of went well. You were told. Them's them's the rules. Um, Tina, what was her name? Beloveth. Beloveth, powerful. I can't find um, the poppy guy. Um, Tell you the story. I wish we'd done though. Still up there. It's the Jonathan Vernon Smith dating call. Oh, I wonder if that's on on here. Um, JVS dating website. Let's have a little. That was that was beautiful, mm. beautiful. Because I played a clip of JVS um, on Absolute before I came there. Because there was a, there was a thing about the Queen or something. There was a mad caller about the Queen, and one of his clips went viral. Mm. Um, JVS confronts the men illegally using the BBC Three Counties car park. Oh, that was funny. Um, <laughs> JVS discovers swinging. <laughs> um, um, oh, hang on, what's this? This, what, this might be something. Oh, hang on, this is JVS loses it live on air. Hang on a second. Oh, he's always losing it live on air. Says, Wednesday night, my son came to me and <laughs> said he thinks he's got a bunion. <laughs> It's not where JVS three counties sex. It's putting sex. Um, oh god, it was so good. Oh, and the other one was the dolphin. Oh god, what was the what was the, the dolphin? dolphin? There was a woman who'd been on holiday, and she wanted him. He had a consumer program, and he she wanted him to help her pursue this holiday company for damages because she'd gone on holiday to Cuba and taken part in the dolphin show. And they'd encourage us to get into the pool with this dolphin. And the dolphin <laughs> humped her so hard against the side of the pool, he broke her pelvis. I broke her pelvis. Christ, yeah, she did. 
<laughs> and she hell. said they should have known how horny that dolphin was. <laughs> That's dolphins the thing, right? Everyone thinks that, I, I know, everyone thinks that dolphins are, you know, it's all glorious and Flipper will save you every time. He might save you, but he might hump you to within an inch of your life. Also, they're, um, you know, they're, they're not very nice. They're quite violent. One, uh, I can't, um, I can't find the, do the story about the, 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 the dating website. Cause I can't yeah, find Jonathan, it. I, I'm very disappointed. I joined a dating website and it didn't turn out the way I wanted <laughs> to. And I've got, we, we were sat in the office listening to this going, it was unbelievable. Did you just hear what I think we heard? Yeah. So Jonathan, I joined this dating um, site, uh, online dating. I know don't laugh about it, but you know, sometimes you get lonely. You, you got to find your recourse online. This was like before, this is like before um, normal people were known to online <laughs> yeah. date. Anyway, so already they're thinking it's going to be great. Um, but uh, actually what happened was I joined this dating. It wasn't a dating agency after all. I think actually it was a, a, a method of um, young ladies uh, selling their favours. Oh, really? Yeah, and I had no idea when I joined up and I was very upset about it. And, you know, okay, so uh, can you tell us what the name of this site that you joined up, not knowing that it was possibly a front for um, the sex trade. And uh, he went, yeah, it's called um, www.localsluts.com. <laughs> oh, man, I can't. He find- had no idea. He thought that's where he was going to meet Mrs. Wright. <laughs> I can't find any of the clips. We've gone on for ages. We should, we should stop. Let's stop. I'm so tired. These pills have worn off. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I've had fun. Um, uh, what's your name again? Catherine. I've yeah. had fun uh, chatting with you. I like this, um, you not being here. <laughs> well, no, next week, this this could be the way forward. Well, it's that thing of of what we talked about before when we do the radio show, when we're facing each other. This mm-hmm. is more like having a conversation as opposed to the performance of us both facing this. Uh Okay, we need to we need to bear that in mind and, and right. make that make that work in our favour because it is a completely different way. Thank you, everybody. Um, who do we have? Liam, Visionary Soup, Gatford, Alistair, Dave, Indonesia. Thank you, everyone who um, joined us, and thanks for understanding. We didn't go behind the paywall. Uh, uh, sorry. But next week, you're going to get some paywall exclusives. £20. Tomorrow, you're going to get an exclusive podcast of me in Tesco and reading to my mum. So that would be good. And thank you, everyone, for watching. We've had had pretty good numbers for the whole thing. Catherine, I'm going to say goodbye to you, and I'm going to go and do a raid. Tutty byes. Bye. Um, Bye. Good night, everyone. Tutty bye. Lots of love. Happy birthday to Little and tomorrow. She's got a present. Yay. See you later on. Bye. 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 Right. So let's um, let's go and do a raid. Someone said Vix is on. That was fun. That was fun. We should. I'm always think we have to do. We have to max show. We have to do a show. And actually, just chatting is. Um, uh, yes, they sent me a friend request. I don't know where friend requests are. I don't really know how friend requests. Um, how friend requests work. I tell you what I'm going to do. Vix is on. I will raid Vix next week. Vix, I'm going to raid you next week. I'm going to go and raid the computer game show, guys, if that's okay. Uh, Vix, I love you, and I will raid you next week. And maybe we can play some games next week. Maybe if, um, we will do some of that. That might be quite good uh, fun. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that show. Thank you. The Computer Game Show Co. Um... 
This channel is intended for mature viewers. Let's go and make their night. This is James. He's my favourite. Like him a lot. I can't see him. Um, there we go. Um, Vix, you're getting raided next week. Trust me, baby. Trust me. Thank you, everyone. Now you do streams over the weekend. It's alright, it's alright, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. It's fine. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 